Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show, The Sports Cage, on 620 CKRM. Here's Barney Shankaruk. Welcome inside the Sports Cage, Saskatchewan, on this Monday of February. That feels like a Monday in April. It is the Sports Cage. And on Mondays, it's brought to you by the Conexus Arts Center. Check out High Valley with Tim and the Glory Boys, February 20th at the Conexus Arts Center. Tickets available at connexusartscenter.ca. The next three hours, we twirl for... Blaine Wyland's running the board. Maz is in studio, going to co-host. We're going to have a special co-host after 4 o'clock. A lot to get to today on the sports cage. Kind of like every day. Isn't that kind of the cliche that most sportscasters say? A lot to get through today. Coming up, we have curling talk. If you missed it, the Saskatchewan men's tankard wrapped up yesterday in Saskatoon. And it's Team McEwen, Mike McEwen, representing Saskatchewan at the Briar, which starts March 1st here in Regina. We're going to dig into this because I did some reading. I didn't really pay attention to the finals this weekend, going a thousand different directions. This guy has played, like, in when you talk about hockey, jump in here, Mass. It's like this guy's he, a ringer. Like, he is, he is Mr. Briar. I was going to say suitcase. But he, okay. a ringer is a better way to yeah. put it. This guy has played, he, what, he went seven straight with Manitoba? Yeah. And then one with Ontario? And then now he's representing Saskatchewan. So curling talk. The other thing we're going to talk about, BC and their foursome heading to the Briar is skipped by Regina's own Catlin Schneider. So how does that work? Like, do you just have to have a re- like a, a, a post office box or an address in a different province to get to represent? There, you have to live there somehow, right? Maybe it's like a Bob Strum when he used to get surrogate families to like get Al McKinnis to come play for the Regina Pats. Or no, Al McKinnis, who was the other guy? But you know what? The beauty is we're going to talk to Catlin Schneider at just after 3.30, and we can get him to answer a lot of these curling questions, which is just baffling me. And sorry for you curling experts out there but hey i I think as a casual fan we got to ask these questions and get to the bottom of it pats regina pats huge shootout win last night maybe i'll start here sometimes you know they say and again another cliche a coach a team will adopt the personality of a coach and what's the coach like and that team will play like that like you know maybe the Patriots and Belichick, you could go down and be like, oh, they were so cerebral and they were you know, smart and they'd studied and it was do your job and, and that's what it was. And um, at like a Rick Bonus team in, in Winnipeg, they seem play a little loose and, and you know, Bonus seems like he'd, he'd be the kind of guy you'd want to play for. Then there's the John Tortorella teams, which maybe have a little sandpaper and, and emotional. The Regina Pats last night, 
I feel adopted and played like the personality and how their coach used to play, Brad Haroff. Fortunate enough to know Brad a bit. Played against him. Little bit of senior back in the day. This guy was a gamer. And I brought it up last week when Sharky was here. And I sit and watch the Pats games. And they've, and unless you're totally clueless, they've unloaded. They are building for like two and three years down the road. They are going to be so good with the capital that they have. I feel bad for Brad because now he's got, I think he's on this one-year deal, Uh, and he's been given this team to kind of try and get into the playoffs, and he is doing, and the coaching staff, and the players, everything they can. So the it's, it's coming in after Connor Bedard, it's like coming in after Tom Brady leaves to be like, well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> you know, good on you. But it's funny you mentioned that. Um, just watching bits and pieces and highlights of the game, puck goes into the corner, you know who is coming out with it. Because if that's the personality of the coach, because if the puck goes in, who's coming out with it? Because if it is, in a rebuilding year, you're probably not going to be on the team next year. And they've adapted to that. They, they, were, they were up, then they were down, and then... I think it went into the third period that Red Deer scored twice. So then Red Deer's up two goals. Blake, correct me if I'm wrong here. Red Deer's up two. They scored really early in the third. I was listening to the game. Dante DeCaria, his call. And, you know, there's, again, nothing better sometimes than ha- listening to a hockey game on the radio. And it like, just takes you back, right? The, the Dennis Bayak, Les Lazarus days when I was a kid, and just them painting the picture. So then Red Deer's up. The Pats are battling. Oh, they score. All right. Then the Pats score again and they tie it. And then they scored fairly late to take the lead. And I'm like, they are going to get two points out of this game that they were trailing going into the third period. So a minute 30 left, or, you know, not exact, but around a minute 30 left, Red Deer bangs one in. All right. Now we're going to overtime. Okay. So the Pats are guaranteed a point. Red Deer, you know, they're, they're on this road trip, kind of near the end of the road trip. Nothing happens in overtime. I'm listening to this, and I'm just like edge of my seat. I feel like I'm 10 years old again listening to CFQC in Saskatoon. And this, the Pats win in a shootout. Again, they just battled, and they made it happen. Your puck reference was you know, a good one where you go into the corner, you know who's coming out with it. And I just feel like that that's Brad Haroff. And, and this guy is up against the wall. He's in such a tough position and this team is grinding like they are let's be honest that a chance for the playoffs is there because the thing that i keep forgetting could be and i think it's this weather that's screwing with me i feel that it's like late march but it there's still 19 games left for the regina pats when you showed me the standings earlier i'm like man there's still that many games and the other thing too is when it's raining in February in Regina, and you're like, okay, well, what is going on here? What? Yeah, but they're still. What are they still? They're still playing. Are they playing 68 or 72? 68. It's games. six down. It's down to 68. So another 18 to go, and it's already spring. It looks like, and you're like, well, there's always a chance. As long as you're kind of in it, you just got to get close to get in. They load up the bus and they head to Alberta for another swing. I feel like they were just there. Every game. All these points are so crucial, and they're battling. And if you can't see that as a Regina Pat fan, I don't know what to tell you. It's not like they're mailing it in. Far from. 
The the kids want to play hard. The coaches are coaching hard. But it's a tough it's a tough league. The Eastern Conference this year. So if the playoffs started right now, okay, in eight, the Calgary Hitmen. Saskatoon Blades, Calgary Hitmen. All right. So the Blades get a bit of a freebie there, I think. Again, that's for me. You can always chime in on the Capital Ford text line, by the way. 936-6262. So before, just to frame this, before we start. So there, as of today, there's seven points out of a playoff spot. If they were to catch the Hitmen, uh, who are in eighth right now, they're 49. The Pats have 42 points. And it's not exactly like the Hitmen are lighting things up this year. They're, they're at best, uh, you never know what you're going to get team night after night. We had Cliff Mapes who works for the Prince Albert Raiders on last week, the Raiders are battling to get into that. They're one point back of Calgary. You got Curtis Hunt, everybody up there. The town's rallying around Prince Albert. Okay, so anyways, back to the question, back to what I was talking about. Blades would play Calgary. Moose Jaw, right now, would play Lethbridge. Moose Jaw's stacked. Moose Jaw is a really good hockey team. I got to watch them with my own eyeballs. I think they're going to pass the eyeball test, but Lethbridge is no joke. Then Brandon would play Medicine Hat. And then if the playoffs started in the Western Hockey League today, the Swift Current Broncos would play the pesky Red Deer Rebels in that 4-5 game. That is... That's going to be amazing hockey, and I've, and I've been talking about it. I, I love everything that's going on here. Do I hope the Pats make it because it's in the backyard? My daughter's an extremely huge Regina Pats fan. She wants to go to every game. Yes, I hope the Pats make it. But to be honest, I hope Prince Albert gets in there. From knowing the guys there, the screw job they got during COVID in Prince Albert, feel bad for them. The Raiders get in. You got the Raiders. You got Swifty, you got Moose Jaw, and you got Saskatoon. But here's the thing when you're looking at the standings in the Western Hockey League, you look at a team like the Calgary Hitmen, who are in eighth place. They've scored 185 goals, and they're in eighth. The Broncos, 189, and the Medicine Hat Tigers, 214. Better than Moose Jaw and better than Saskatoon, where in the Pats, obviously, Connor Bedard's not here anymore. Only 151 goals, and it's that goals, it's the 208 against. But you're looking at the Red Deer Rebels, and this is where, this is has me worried. It's always those 4-5 teams that screw it up for the 1-2 and two seed, because look at this. If we're checking this out, Red Deer Rebels, 150 goals for, only 144 against. And that's the best goals against outside of the Blades uh, at 126. So, they know how to play defense, and they scored just enough and they play that hockey where it's funny. And if the big guy, your big guys in the playoffs, if they're cold for those first few games and you can get up a few, all of a sudden, short series, you go back to Red Deer, and all of a sudden, you've got all sorts of problems. Yeah, no doubt about it. The Saskatoon Blades, uh, last year, they got a massive scare by Bedard and the Blades. Then they then they rolled in. But that series took a lot out of them. It's kind of like any hockey and all you people out there that have played hockey in a, a five-game series, heck, even a three-game series, we're going to get to senior hockey in a bit here for all you senior hockey fans. It is a grind. And to have a first-round series that is such a massive drain, that sucks. I don't care how old you are. So the Blades, if the Blades can get an easy first round, how good as two Saskatoon guys? How good would a Saskatoon 
paradise first round matchup be? Well, here's the other thing, too. If history's on our side, and keep in mind, we all know they've never won the Memorial Cup. How long have they been around now? It's 50, going on 60 years. The Blades long time. I know, exactly. So when they're expected to win, they lose. And when they're not expected to do it, then that's when they come through. So this, if you're a Blades fan, you've got to be worried. Same thing with the Warriors or whatever. Like, you've got a really good team. And who doesn't love when, look at this in the NHL playoffs. We all love when the, what is it? It should be the eighth seed. But when the four seed comes through or the wild card comes through and knocks out a top team, everybody loves that. Because you were supposed to win and you didn't. Mike Sillinger on the Monday Nooner podcast said it. An eight that guy played a few games in the NHL, right? On a few different teams. An eight always beats a one. An eight always beats a one. That's look, what he says. And it doesn't always happen, but, but look it at the Kings when they won. Lot. Look at the Kings when they won that cup. Like, there were eight all the way through, and they steamrolled everybody. Well, there's, there's no, Carolina. No, and there's no expectations. The one year Carolina went deep. Like, it, it happens all the time. But getting, yeah, WHL, man, it's shaping up to be an amazing playoff but like we said there's still 19 games left speaking of the saskatoon blades today on the sports cage if you caught it last week and you're a whl hockey fan the leading point producer in the history of the saskatoon blades this would be a good trivia question a lot of people would get i didn't know it i thought i thought it was somebody else like i had no idea it was him a lot of people would say Bernie Federko, Brian Scrooge, Wendell Clark. Okay, well, hang tight and maybe just let people think on it. If you want to text in 306-936-6262 if you think you know who it is. They're going to actually retire his jersey. We'll tell you when we come back in a few because I I honestly thought, I'm like, really, him? And he was good. And don't get me wrong, when you hear his name, you're like, oh, okay. In the long 50 to 60-year <laughs> history of the team, yeah. I had no idea it would be somebody like that guy. He's going to join us. On the sports cave. Not going to give it away now if you want to chime in and guess who it is. Also, Super Bowl's coming up this weekend in Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm. We're gonna I want to go through some odds and some of the props that are going out there. Senior hockey recap later. We're gonna talk about all the provincials that went on this weekend. There is a game going down this evening, 8:30, up in Winyard, game three. Raymore Winyard. They 64 kilometers, I think, separate those two towns. Chicken capital of Saskatchewan. The the old I used to love the old barn in Winyard, but this new one looks swanky. Raymore in there yesterday beats them, forces game three tonight for all the marbles. There will be a lot of half tons heading up the number six going to that game this evening. And Speaking of Sasky gentlemen, joining us from the Las Vegas Golden Knights as they get set for a big game out of the All-Star break against Edmonton to try and snap the Oilers streak tomorrow. Braden McNabb going to join us on the Western Pizza Hotline. It is the Sports Cage on Mondays brought to you by the Conexus Arts Center. High Valley coming to the Conexus February 20th. Tickets on sale now. You're listening to the voice of sports in Saskatchewan. The Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage. Right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. Welcome back inside the sports cage. Barney Shinkaruk, Maz joining us, Blaine Weiland running the board. Those two guys are going to chime in on CFL football for you. CFL football fans, don't worry, we're not going to forget about you. That's coming up in a bit because I love foot. I love all football. I love CFL football. Don't like totally pay attention to it all the time, but I guess starting today, is it starting today? Just nod. Uh, yesterday morning at ten, officially uh, tamp. What do they call it? Official tampering, Blaine. Is that what it's like? Like there's tampering all year long. I get it, but yesterday official tampering starts for CFL. Yeah, agents. tampering negotiate free agent negotiation uh, window. I think is the per- politically okay. correct term. Okay, that that was my question. Thank you for clearing that up because I'm like, there is no. It actually be pretty badass if they called it. <laughs> legal tampering. So I would love to, if we could be inside like the, the, the rider offices with a, a microphone and a camera to be like, okay, so who are they phoning? Who are they talking to? Because there's a list of people that I would love to end up uh, playing in green and white next year and hopefully for years to come. There's some, we'll get into that in a bit. There's some, there's some real good free agents out there. And I know a lot of people, it's hard sometimes when you're a real passionate fan because you, it's funny, like Brady Oliveira, who plays for the Bombers, he crushes us. Or has. But I will in a second, if that name goes on the dotted line, I am the biggest Brady Oliveira oh, fan. Yeah. If he's wearing green and white or whatever, I've forgotten everything you've ever done, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're a writer now, I love you. You're my new favorite player. Oh, that, that, that uh, San Francisco 49er fan, Patriot fan, was a Dallas Stars fan. Absolutely. You, there's, there's always those guys that, oh, yeah, now he is. I used to hate Randy Moss. Patriots got him. Oh, my. Randy Moss, favorite uh, receiver of all time now. Anyway, text messages, 936-6262, the Capital Ford Lincoln text line. Who is the all-time point getter for the Saskatoon Blades franchise? There was uh, some guesses. Mark Dial, Bernie Federko, Perry Gonchar. Guy texted in that legend. I remember that. So that was like Leroy Gorski, early yeah. to mid eighties. Yeah. That that's when like the the Clarks were coming in, and that's where like that would have been the Dale Dirtcatch Regina Pat era oh. back then. God, they used to. And it's funny. You want to talk about a guy that used to crush a lot of Blades fans? Dream Dale Dirtcatch, like in the playoffs, and just come along, uh, and just oof. like it, it's hard to believe that style and his stature. And you know who? We got we have Rod Hauk, who played with Durkatch coming in between four and six. I know. Let's 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 table that. He used to crush a lot of dreams for when Hauker's here because Hauker played a lot of quality hockey and and him and Dale are are friends. But anyway, the answer to the leading point getter all time for the Saskatoon Blades, Frank Bannum from Calhoun, Alberta, three hundred and seventy points. In 278 games, 190 goals, 180 assists. So I remember that era. Uh, I was working in Moose Jaw, and the Blades and the Warriors back then, they used to have some great rivalries because they were two good teams. And I remember, so this is when Wade Belak was the tough guy for the Blades, and Rob Tremblay, who all may have been 5'8", 5'9", but tough. 
tough. He would fight Wade Belak. Neither of them had fear, and they would just go at him. So Bannum and Dale and all of those guys and Ryan Smith, all they're scoring all the goals, and these guys fighting at him. Just like it's so funny how the game has changed. And we actually talk about, and Frank mentions that in his interview uh, yeah. about about uh, Belak and stuff like that. He's just just a just a great guy. That will be coming up just after four thirty. Frank Bannum getting his jersey retired by the Saskatoon Blades. Finally, great interview with uh, with that Saskatoon Blade legend. The Braden McNabb interview going to come up at about 5.15 or about 5.10. We're going to talk to McNabb about uh, a lot of things going on in that city right there, Las Vegas. Okay, so keep in mind. So I just put this up on Twitter. So at Sports Cage or uh, on Facebook at Sports Cage. So it is, it's Super Bowl week. And obviously, if you're going, you're, you're paying a lot for your hotel. Just like with F1, they know you're coming to town even if you have a private jet there's no more spaces at the airport and i have a private jet story i talked to a pilot about this last weekend when the kids were curling so i just put up a picture of scooter elvis now if you have to check this out so if you've never seen this on the strip this guy dresses as El- as elvis he's an older guy and he rides like a medical scooter and he just drives around and drinks beers and stuff and you can stop him you can get your picture taken with him and a lot of people you give him money it's like it's one of these things this is how this is how he makes his living so there we've got a picture of scooter elvis uh on the strip because if you go you'll see this guy and he just cruises up one side and down the other and he's a local celebrity what uh Check that. Do you see that? Don't look at the picture. Here, I, I, like, I, I, go look, to, I go to Vegas all the time. No, but I, Scooter Elvis. I'm trying. I, I, it's funny. I had never seen this guy until I had actually seen a picture of him. And then randomly we went and I saw him because you, you don't know what you're supposed to be paying attention to when you go down there. And so I see this guy. So, yeah. So there's a on the uh, at Sports Cage on Twitter or oh, at yeah. so Scooter Elvis. <laughs> so this um, is on the strip. I was thinking this might be on Fremont. This is on the strip. This is on the strip because look, there's the Aria in the background. He needs. Like, he's got a tall. He's got a tall. That's probably a what up. Would that be a thirty-two ounce draft? He's going. That's probably PBR. If I know him, he's got he's got a Harley Davidson logo and an American flag on his scooter. He's got a bottle of Pepsi filled with water, and uh, there, that's me. They that's a new profile pic. Scooter there, Elvis. There are a lot of marketing opportunities on his ride. I'm, that's that's the first thing that caught my totally mind. Totally sponsorable. Sponsor that scooter. Frank Bannum coming up. Uh, Braden McNabb, we're going to talk Super Bowl ticket prices. Maz has a private jet story, apparently. Rod Houck, former Regina Pat, fantastic human being, coaches, teaches at, uh, I think it's Laboldis. He's going to come in, hop on the sports cage, co-host it as well. So much going on. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk curling with the skip for the BC foursome heading to the Briar, who resides right here in Regina, Saskatchewan. You are listening to the Sports Cage on this Monday for the Conexus Arts Center on the Voice of Saskatchewan 620 CKRM. I'm Blaine Wyland inside the Harvard Media Sports Cage Studios with your sports ticker. And the CFL free agency negotiation period is underway, and it appears that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are going to be turning towards their offensive line in free agency. According to reports, the Riders are appear to be poised to sign Jamarcus Hardrick to a two-year contract, and according to Foreign Logy, the deal would pay him over 230000 Canadian in each season with a $120,000 signing bonus as well. Elsewhere in the league, the Ottawa Red Blacks are reportedly going to sign a linebacker, Adarius Pickett, to a contract 
to a one-year deal. All deals cannot become official until free agency begins next Tuesday in the CFL. The NHL is back on the ice after their All-Star weekend with two games. The Toronto Maple Leafs will take on the New York Islanders, and the Colorado Avalanche will tangle with the New York Rangers. And shortstop Bobby Witt has signed a record-breaking deal with the Kansas City Royals. It's reportedly worth $288 million over 11 years. There's also opt-out options for both Witt as well for the club to extend the deal as far as the 14 years in the future. And that's a look at sports. The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back inside the Sports Cage. Barney Shankarik, Maz, and Blaine here with you on this Monday. And the Sports Cage on Mondays is brought to you by the Conexus Arts Center, where you can watch High Valley with Tim and the Glory Boys, February 20th. ConnectsArtCenter.ca for tickets. All right. So we talked about it off the start of the program, how Mike McEwen heading to the Briar to represent Saskatchewan after his win up in Saskatoon at the Nutana Curling Club. Spending any time with the Nutana back in the day? No, that was out of my area code. It's funny. You, you grew up. You try, that's where rich people hung out. That was not where I grew up. I know that much. <laughs> we were more uh, the CN was up in Montgomery yeah, there, real is, just, r- way up there. And then the one downtown. I remember the taking granite. my wife home for the first time uh, to where mom and dad was. She's like, you grew up here? And I'm like, yeah, but the, trust me, it's fine. <laughs> You're fine. Nothing's going to happen to you. What are you? Come on. Pleasant Hill. You lived a sheltered life. Uh, anyways, one of the things we want to ask Catelyn Schneider is Catelyn there? Catelyn, you're on, you're, on, you're there, right? Hey, so Catelyn, so how, I'm here, fellas. Yeah. So, so how does this how does this work? How do you like if you're from here? Do you have to move to the province and live there as an X amount of time to represent that province, and then obviously win your way to the Briar, which is pretty good? But how does that whole process work? Because McEwen is Manitoba roots, correct, and you're Saskatchewan roots. So explain this to the layman curling person. Yeah. So there's a couple new rules that came out um, kind of consecutive years in a row. So essentially, you can have an out-of-province player. So I would act as the out-of-province player into BC. Um, I don't have to move there. I can live where I may. Um, obviously, it makes it a little more difficult for, for practice and traveling and stuff. But um, we actually, another one of our teammates live in, like two of them live in Victoria, and one of them lives in Edmonton. There's another rule that says you can have one um, born birthright, they call it. So you can be born out of that province and still play there um, out of the provincial championship. So, um, yeah, I was out of province player, um, and Jason was our was our birthright, and the other two live in Victoria. So we were we are now Team BC at the Briar. This is I'm trying. I'm trying to follow the bouncing ball here in my little peanut brain, but I, I think it's <laughs> think it's all making making sense. So. Um, Again, just just a flat out question, right? You see these guys moving teams. Maz and I talked about it earlier today. It's almost like when a band breaks up, right? It's like oh, I think you said a Def Leppard's getting a new guitarist or something like that. But um, this happens all the time in curling. I remember covering it too back in the day at, at Global. It is there's got to be some animosity at times? Uh, yeah, I mean, there can be. Kind of depends on the situation. Um, there's definitely more changes maybe than there used to be. I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, you know, before we were talking this other day, 
with my dad before when you when you tried to get to the briar you had to start by playing out of your clubs or regions um and once you were one out of there then you'd go to like a district and a southern and a like there were so many uh-huh. steps to get there and everyone everyone who curled together was you know within a short radius um no one was traveling too far um and you're driving with your team nowadays like the world curling tour is all over the world really and we're flying every you know every week or two to get that place anyways right and obviously travel a lot different now and there's just a lot i would say there's a lot less kind of colors at the top the very top side of what we do and the amount of travel we have and the amount we play so you know there's only a specific amount of people that have the ability i guess to do it have the can get the time off work um you know have sponsorship opportunities um so it's it's a little different now you kind of look farther than you used to you know in your own backyard so how many how many days away or how many miles would you have put on so far this year playing for Team BC but traveling to all these things? Oh my God, I sh- <laughs> I don't even know if I want to do the calculation. <laughs> it's it's a lot. Like um, probably probably a hundred flights kind of thing, and everywhere from. I mean, there's times years that we were we were in China twice, um, South Korea, Sweden. Um, the states and all over Canada. Um, I've only traveled once in the last kind of calendar year to the states um, for curling, but we've been all over, you know, Ontario, over BC, Saskatchewan, Alberta. Um, yeah, it's 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 all over the place. It's lots of time. It's lots of travel. I'm fortunate that I have a job that wherever I am, I have my computer, I have my I have my phone, I can work. Yeah, I was going to say, you must have a pretty understanding boss to be like, yeah, I'm probably going to be in a different continent for the next two weeks or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I may miss that team's call tomorrow morning <laughs> at 10. Uh, is that okay? Yeah, no, I, I'm uh, I'm actually a co-owner of Prairie Sun Solar, um, along with Trevor, Brendan, and Dylan. They're all they're all awesome. They, they obviously understand what I do. Um, and as long as I get my stuff done, that's all that really matters. Um, so my, my work hours kind of vary and differ compared to some people. Sometimes I'm working till midnight, um, or sometimes I'm working super early in the morning or in a different time zone. So, um, no, they're, they're very accommodating, awesome guys. And, and yeah, I'm just fortunate to be able to do what I do. So starting March 1st, it's going down here in Regina, hometown. Cliches aside, what are you most looking forward to having the Briar in Regina? Um, you know what? Like, if you were to ask me as a kid what my dream is as a curler, it's to skip a team in a, in a hometown, hometown Briar. Mm-hmm. It's hands down just... The Briars are hands down the best event of every any year, every year. Um, it's very special. It's very fun. It's it's just an unbelievable um, event altogether. So to be able to do that in yeah. my hometown with a lot of friends and family around is super cool. I mean, I've had some friends and family travel, obviously, to see me in the other three Briars in Newfoundland, Kingston, Lethbridge, but it's not always easy for everybody to get there. It's like it's going to be 10 days, right? Um, and expensive, too. So. Yeah. This is just going to be a really special one. I know we're Team BC, but it's going to feel to me like like we are uh, kind of a hometown crowd. We're going to have a ton of people here supporting us. and mm-hmm. It's just going to be a ton of fun. I'm just really looking forward to it and when I eat it all up, that's for yeah. sure. Kind of like uh, you know, Ben Hebert you know, used to come back and is on the Alberta teams and, and, and play in, in Saski at the Briars. So mm-hmm. you guys, things don't fire up here until March 1st. So now walk me through... 
in the layman curling fan again how does it work you know like are you guys getting together and and playing it all before then are you kind of training by yourself with the lights off like like a rocky montage and and getting ready or what's what's the deal <laughs> yeah. here yeah lights off earphones in that's right <laughs> um so it's kind of tough because and this is obviously something that's being talked about a lot is all the provincial championships kind of run for like you know, almost a month, like three, four, three, four weeks. So um, there's nothing really to curl in. Like guys, guys right before, depending on when your provincial is, there's a steel in Phoenix that they go to pretty sweet, sweet to go down there and get a little bit of sun and curl. But between kind of our provincials and the briar, there's just nothing to play in um, in terms of like men's cause, cause there's not really a point in people mm-hmm. putting events on if everyone's kind of busy playing in, yeah. in provincials. Right. So, there's not no events, so we're just gonna be doing some practice. Um, the guys are gonna, gonna be flying into Regina early, um, prior to the bar as well, kind of that, that early that week. So we're gonna have lots of practice here um, as well prior to that. So and I also have I, I curl mixed doubles too, so I have an event in Brantford, Ontario, um, this coming weekend. So I'm gonna be doing a little curling myself, and the guys are gonna be practicing kind of on their own until they fly out to Regina. That that is that's pretty wild, and I guess so probably. Kind of like, you know, I, I'm going to go equate it, I guess, when I get ready, when I'm going on a big golf trip, right, or, or something like that. I, I do uh, not I, I want don't, to... I don't think that you going golfing with some of your... No, 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 okay, drunk buddies... Chikai, Chikai, Chikai. Well, I'm talking... to this. I'm talking about you kind of are worried about that icy driveway. You're kind of worried about maybe <laughs> oh. doing something stupid at the gym. You're kind of maybe, you know, things are cautious, right? Is that going to be the case for you or are you a little reckless abandon? <laughs> Sometimes I have been. Maybe not so much uh, anymore, but maybe in a bit of my younger days. Um, you know what I did actually one year um, before the briar, I'd committed to one of my best friends' day in his wedding party. And I was on the slopes in the mountains in BC and I I had a pretty big wipeout, and that was enough to uh, scare the you-know-what out of me. So I definitely won't be doing that uh, before any national championship anymore. But you're right. You you know, um, I have my trainer, uh, Ryan Wellman, um, at Sound Athletics, we kind of alter our, our workouts and stuff, you know, leading up to big, big events and championships to a lot more of um, maintenance and mobility and just, keeping myself feeling good and yeah i'm not i'm not jumping off any <laughs> wild diving boards or anything <laughs> leading up i'm but, just trying to stay healthy and and not not get sick because it's a long week and uh, yeah just just be mentally and physically ready but catlin it's crazy that uh, would you say it's in the past 20 years where it went from now you have to be a high performance athlete to perform where let's go back 2030 let's go back to 1980 when saskatchewan last won the briar there's probably a shot of whiskey before the game, maybe during. There were some cigarettes probably being smoked, and you just sort of showed up. It wasn't like an athlete sport where now it's totally transformed. Do you have to train year-round just to stay? Because you just can't hop on the ice and throw rocks. You've got to be doing something, right? Absolutely. Yeah, hands down. It's changed a lot. And um, I, I, I played football for the Rams here, and everyone always asked me, like, how is it? how do you go from playing football to curling? And I said, you know what, like, it's actually kind of wild how, you know, similar it is. And in a lot of the stuff I do for training and, and strength and um, stuff like that, like everybody, if if you're not in good shape and really strong, especially as like a front end sweeper in the top, you're, you're not just not going to be a top player. Like it's just, it's just how it is. Everyone's in very good shape. Um, everyone's working hard. And if you're not doing, 
you know, if you're not working hard in the gym and, and doing those things, especially in the off season when you can't get on the ice as much, you're already behind. So, um, yeah, there's no smoking a beer at, at uh, <laughs> the halftime Super Bowl or the fifth end break anymore. Nice. Um, it's very much like, you know, we have nutritionists and, and meal plans, um, wow. you know, off days, on days, during games. And those things are important. Um, every Like curling's a matter of inches, right? So if you're trying to, if you're trying to get by, by that quarter of an inch, you know, what have you done all year to help you get that, right? So <laughs> so, so, no time in the patch or maybe just uh, the odd one or what? Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I that, Oh, you that. know what? The patch is going to be awesome. It's going to be fun to see everybody there. And, um, I mean, I think, if I'm not wrong, Regina has hosted the biggest patch in the history of the Briar. Um, last time I was here, it was phenomenal. So definitely going to be some socializing there, yeah. but uh, also uh, just – exercising some self-restraint for sure so okay full disclosure here last question when you know you're going to be on the tv game do you do a few extra push-ups in the locker room before you head out get that swole on oh yeah i get the vibes going for sure absolutely <laughs> i love it what are, those, right on. what are those bands called it's just like it's a resistance band you just basically yeah. just yeah. arm curls before they come uh, out for yeah, the, na- my, before the national my anthem to hold them so i can do curls with them. Uh, <laughs> hey catlin man thanks so much uh super exciting uh to hear that that you're going to be skipping and you got the bc team rolling into to regina can't wait to watch and again thanks so much for joining us on the sports cage Hey, anytime, fellas. Thanks for having me. Right on. See you there. Catlin Schneider, Regina boy, skipping Team BC, joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Always a great time for Western Pizza and all their toppings on their pizza pie. I, I saw a social media post today, little Westerns. Uh, you're rolling into town. You, you got. You, I'm telling you right now, a nice 10-inch Eat half of it tonight. Put half in the fridge at the hotel for for later. All dressed. Are you an all dressed guy? Uh, as long as there's no seafood on there, I'm all dressed. You put shrimp on pizza. We're, uh, we, we're this is not a conversation we're having. Just a nice Hawaiian. That's all I want. I'll judge you. Aww. I'll judge you on Hawaiian, and that's and I'm a okay with that. No, no. You know what? Back in the day, they used to put shrimp on pizza. It's, I know it's not anymore. No, they're all dressed at Western Pizza. Something else, but. The number one selling pizza for all you out there in Sports Cage land, if you're ever curious, it is the number two. It's like uh, pepperoni, mushroom, bacon. It is so good. Oh, like a Canadian. Yeah, that's so, good. Solid. And and when you're drinking beer, it's something that the, the salts react and things. It's it's unbelievable. It's an unbelievable ride. Catlin Schneider again on the Western Pizza Hotline. He's going to be skipping Team BC. A lot coming up still in the program. Blades all-time leading point getter Frank Bannum going to join us. From Davidson, Saskatchewan, defenseman for the Las Vegas Golden Knights, Braden McNabb. And Rod Houck, legendary Regina Pat and goaltender from Regina, going to join us and do a little co-hosting with us. You're listening to the Sports Cage for the Conexus Arts Center on the home of sports in Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Welcome back inside the Sports Cage. Barney Shinkaruk, Maz, Blaine, all here with you on this Monday in the Sports Cage for Connexus Art Center. We're High Valley and Tim and the Glory Boys take the stage February 20th. Tickets available to ConnexusArtsCenter.ca. Went to Brett Kissel. 
on Friday night at the Conexus Arts Center. He said it is one of his favorite venues to play. You've been to a lot of music venues. Remember the old joint in Vegas? That was a great thing. Oh, at the Hard Rock. Yeah, one of the best Kenny Chesney shows I ever saw was at the joint because what did that hold about three four thousand people the, so the old ahead. one was less okay so it's a giant cabaret space and there are some seats as you get a little higher but there's up to a couple thousand people on the floor and it was awesome no set list call out whatever song you wanted to hear and he was up there for it was at least two and a half maybe even three hours it was intimate now when those shows are the best because they're not scripted where everything like the video yeah. and the lights is down to the last second and they do it night after night after night it's like a cabaret yeah like a cabaret, cabaret. Um, um, yeah, no, it, it was uh, Brett Kissel. He was so good. Such a nice guy. We had him on the sports cage, uh, on, and we did the interview on Thursday. But then there was this really awkward part of the show where MLA Kevin Dayoff went up and presented him to be an honorary uh, resident of Saskatchewan. And I guess with the time and and just the teachers and everything going on, it was an awkward situation. But he did say the Conexus, one of his favorite venues to play. The acoustics in there, ah, okay, it is, uh, it's fantastic. You're gonna have to go check out a show at one point. All right, boys, CFL breaking talk. news. Breaking news. You got breaking news. Well, Blaine mentioned it in the in the sports update, but breaking news, Ryder fans, and I think this is good. Uh, the rumor is from Farhan Lalji at TSN that they're going to be signing uh, Jamarcus Hardrick, who played the uh, past few seasons with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Um, he will be the highest paid American offensive lineman in the CFL, if this is true. And usually when Farhan says it, it's always true and it always happens. So it's going to pay him 230 grand each season, 120K signing bonus uh, each year. So they're working on the Joe J.O. and those guys and Corey made, they're working on the O line, which needed. This is a good signing. Uh, you know, we need that. Uh, the only thing I'm trying to find out here, and I'm just Googling, I'm like, how old is he? Is he 30? Blaine? Is he over 30? Yeah, he's over 30. He, but he's not 36 or 37. I is, wanna, he, is he early 30s? 34, I believe. Okay, well, okay. That's good. Pretty much injury-free. He's not one of these guys that's always on the injury list. Was always solid for the Bombers. Always solid. Uh, and if we can steal some of their free agents, that's always a good thing if it makes them uh, not as strong so as he once were. This is still allegedly... Allegedly. So it's the tampering window. So it's legal for teams to talk to um, any free agents and then offers. And then what is it? This coming? Is it the 13th where it officially opens where you can start announcing the signings? Yeah. So they are open to negotiate up until Sunday, this upcoming Sunday, I believe at 11 o'clock yeah. our time. And then it's dark for a few days. Till Tuesday morning at 11 o'clock, and then the floodgates will probably open yeah. with some signings. I mean, at this point, Hardrick could go back to Winnipeg, and he could still go back to Winnipeg sure. if he wants to. And it's still possible. And as far as um, if you're checking like Three Down Nation and places like that, the number one most coveted free agent in the CFL is Canadian running back Brady Oliveira because he's a game changer not only with ratio. He is that Andrew Harris type. He always gets whatever he needs. He gets a half yard more. He always has fallen forward, just like Andrew Harris. If they needed two and a half, he got three. If they needed three, he got three and a half. Um, and there's pictures, him and his girlfriend or his wife, they're in Bali right now. And it's well documented. He He's a big animal rescue guy, and he's in Bali right now rescuing animals in the off season here huh. as his agent is fielding offers. 
So he would probably be, what do you think, Blaine? Two, 250000 a season at least if somebody is signing him? That's that's where yeah. they've driven the market to? Yeah, it's going to be pretty high price. It's definitely, I'd say over two fifty for sure, definitely. Yeah, you know what? He'd look good in Ryder Green, though. He'd look good in Ryder Green. What are the chances? What would what would the playnow.ca Sask Sportsbook odds be on that one? See, here's the appeal where I would say to uh, like a Brady Oliveira, just be like, listen, you're a Manitoba guy. You being coming here to Saskatchewan, it, it's the same thing. You matter. You're part of the fabric of the community. You're going to be part of the city. The province is going to love you. It's not just your signing. Like where the, the, the rumor out there, Darius Pickett, who's one of the most sought after free agents, he's going to sign in Ottawa. Nobody knows if Ottawa is going to be good or not, but you have to take the money because your career is only so long. But do you matter there like you matter here or in Manitoba when you're a bomber? I think he has a chance to matter here. And if that's important to him, this whole sort of family and culture aspect, I think it's a real good deal. And then the other, the most sought after guy, it's a Canadian as well. Uh, Matthew Betts, defensive end for the BC Lions. What did he have? 18 sacks last year. Another ratio changer. But he's like 250, 300. That's probably Blaine in the range where... Yeah, he's yeah. going to be up there too like that. So is it is it too much? Do you do you just go down there and fish, no, it, if fish at if those camps? Well, and, no, if, and, if they're Canadian and they're going to change the ratio for you, and you can get that kind of production, like you can always find entry level guys to play on your D line. If Betts is getting three, you can find guys. What's the minimum salary now? Fifty five, sixty thousand coming yeah, in. Yeah. You always there should be enough D linemen out there in your pool that you've scouted to bring in. No different than the NFL with these quarterbacks. Hopefully, you win a Super Bowl in the first five years when they're cheap, because after that fifth year. Mm-hmm. you got to really pay them the money, and you have to think of that the same way. Uh, like I said, I would love to be a fly on the wall at Mosaic Stadium with some of these phone calls that are being made. Uh, there's Dalton Schoen from the Bombers, uh, Jamal Peters from the Argos, another Corey Mace guy, Tim White, Jameer Thurman, a guy who I've always liked, who was a Stampeder, played for the Ticats. He'd look good in green and white. There we go. A little CFL talk. Maybe a little bit more later on. All of you CFL fans that are texting in on the Capital Ford text line 936-6262. And now we're in the books coming up after the break. Rod Hoke going to join us. A little co-host action for him. After 4.30, Frank Bannum, former Saskatoon Blade legend. And Braden McNabb after 5 o'clock. You are listening to the Sports Cage on the Voice of Sports in Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show, The Sports Cage, on 620 CKRM. Here's Barney Shankaruk. Welcome back inside the Sports Cage on this Monday for the Conexus Arts Center, where you can see High Valley and Tim and the Glory Boys, February 20th. Tickets available, ConexusArtsCenter.ca. Blaine Weiland, Maz, and now joined for the next couple hours by Rod Houck, former Regina Pat goaltender, University of Regina, Dayton Bomber, Wheeling Thunderbird, and the most important, Raymore Rocket. Roddy, how was school today? Uh, school was awesome, yeah. It was uh, a full day like it always is, but a great day with the kids. So are you a homework check guy on a Monday morning to uh, see if uh, they paid attention on the weekend? Uh, no, we just keep rolling along. My kids will do their homework. I know. Okay, that, so. all right. Are you at Lebolus? I'm at Lebolus. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so what do you, what do you teach? Uh, well, I've been at Lebolus since '05, and I I moved there in '05. I'm the head of the math science department, 
So I teach uh, advanced placement calculus, Whoa. regular calculus, oh. and a lot of senior math. Oh. That wow! See, that's why I took home ec to get the grade point average up in grade twelve. Yes, we went to the same high school. We You're a few years old. It wasn't. It wasn't called home ec when I got to grade okay, eleven listen. and twelve. It was called advanced foods. This wasn't the Harvard or Princeton of high schools. Let's just put it there, where we're like, listen, we're not going to do well in normal classes. We're going to take these tertiary <laughs> things to try and make it look good. So when we actually try and go somewhere, no. No, the thing was, we went to Bedford Road Collegiate in, in Saskatoon. Awesome school, home of Brit, which was copied from yeah. Lit. But uh, the thing was, there was an Actel program at Bedford. So that was for the really smart yeah, kids. Yeah, so there, there, was, there was super smart kids, there was normal, and then there was modified. And I was in normal, like a lot of us, we were all in normal. You were either, there was a small percentage in either the, 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 the above or the below. Two-thirds of my tight jock buddies we're all in the Actel class. So it was, <laughs> I was like, hey, anyone want to take this advanced foods class with me? It's like, uh, no, Shank, actually, we, uh, we're like calculus and this stuff that, and I'm like, that stuff's in a different language. But it was awesome when it came to the football team because they were so smart. They were smart kids, right? And if you had smart kids uh, to get sidetracked. No, but Roddy, um, we, you know what? Let's, let's go here. Tonight. Maz, you were asking some questions about senior hockey in Saskatchewan. For all you senior hockey fans so, out there. So the, the thing about people listening to the sports kids right now, they're going to go, senior hockey? Like, why talk about senior hockey? Here are three reasons why. There are over 110 senior hockey teams in Saskatchewan. Right now, provincial playoffs are going on. And regular playoffs. So you factor in yesterday in Musiman, they figured there was a, about a thousand people at that Musiman Balcaris game three. All right. So let's go on average and say 30 to 40 teams played this weekend. And on average, 500 people tied to every game, fans, you know, players, everything. That is huge. Every weekend. Well, that's like that's hockey commerce, and probably my question, and Rod, maybe you know this. I want to know who is the highest, like who is the Austin Matthews of senior hockey in Saskatchewan this year? Who gets paid the most amount of money to play one hockey game? Maybe you know. You don't have to say, but I would just love to know because I remember having some buddies, and they were a little better than the rest, and they could play senior hockey, and it was fifty bucks or a hundred bucks. But but now winning serious, and the money has obviously gone up. So who? Would be the Austin Matthews of Saskatchewan Senior Hockey, the best Barney's sticks and gas. I would love to know that number because it's probably large. That's that's a good question. Um, I know a few names, but I won't mention them. But sure, there is there is some big dollars floating around. I know for sure, uh, even in my own stomping grounds in Raymore. But uh, sometimes uh, when you pay, you win. <laughs> St- the, the sticks and gas. It, it fluctuates, but it it is something else these days. And then the problem is you feel, I, I feel so bad sometimes for Todd Johnson, head coach of the Regina Cougars men's hockey team. All right. He knows he's up against Alberta, Saskatchewan. Who are the other good teams at Calgary? Calgary Mount Royal. Mount Royal. So all these teams, and they have some deep, pockets they have their own little sticks and gas rubs to give these guys to play college hockey so the thing is let's say you have 
you know, 80 kids a year, 80 players a year going to these schools. Well, now you're left. You have to grind. And I watch him. I, I see him watching tape on players because he's just trying to find a diamond in the rough in some junior A league somewhere, in some junior league, because it's so hard. Then the only other thing is some of these kids are so bloody good. And they know they're not going to play pro, or maybe they're going to go dabble in, you know, a East Coast League or Western Professional League or, or something like that. But then now you're competing with these senior teams, and you you think about it out there in sports cage land, hockey fans, you are a decent hockey player. You're going to go to university anyway, but instead of going to university. Your buddies are saying, well, it's only an hour drive. Come out and play with us. And you're going to play, you know, 30 games a year. And you can do your own math, sticks and gas wise. That could equate to 15 to 20 grand, if not more, to play senior hockey in Saskatchewan. So some of you people out there that are like rolling your eyes, like, ugh, senior. These guys either just played pro, just played junior, came back. They're playing in Europe. Like this is... This is next level hockey. And as I went through 110 teams in the province, it's big. And and it's it's big in Canada, but nowhere as big as in Saskatchewan. I, I agree. Saskatchewan is crazy for uh, senior hockey. And we had lots of runs. I think I played in Raymore seven, eight years. Um, I was fortunate to be along to uh, QPAR and Raymore combined for a couple of Allen Cup teams. The Crestview Rangers, back when Al Dumbo coached us, Sharky ran the, the, the team there. That was a lot of fun. Um, but the, again, the crowds, the people, I still have some friends in Raymore that uh, you still keep in touch with. And, you know, you, you talk about the sticks and gas. And when you get the good teams, the sticks and gas players kind of balance out. And a lot of things uh, people forget about senior hockey is you got to have good locals. Yeah. Like if you have good locals, it makes a big difference. But yeah, because you can't you can't buy your whole team. They all can't be imports. You need some of those. It's usually the solid, the rock solid farm guys. See, and as a kid, as a city kid, playing against farm kids sucked because farm strong. That's one thing. And we none of us went to the gym then. But if you were farm strong, you were born farm strong. You can't compete against that, and you never lose that. And it's funny. And you mentioned the Allen Cup. Like when you get to the Allen Cup type levels, that's where that really starts as far as the bankers get involved to be like, okay, we need this guy. We're picking up this guy because now that's serious business. That's the Canadian championship. Like that's the senior hockey Stanley cup. And I see it, you know, um, what's the team in Alberta that's right around Red Deer that always has a team. Is it Bentley? It used to be Bentley. Yeah, then they to moved to Lacombe. Yeah, sure. Now, now they've, they've disbanded. They've disbanded. But for, like for years, it was a powerhouse. All it was, was ex NHL guys, ex AHL and ECHL guys. Uh, making yeah. up this team and getting paid huge money. War Road, Minnesota was very similar to that too. They were good too. Okay. Yeah. They won three years in a row or something back in the day. So it, it was huge. Recapping what happened this weekend when it comes to senior hockey. Provincial A, Raymore, I mentioned this off the start, start of the show. Raymore, they beat Winyard last night 5 3. That forces a game three tonight, third and deciding game, first round. 8.30 puck drop in when you're, is that, it is cringy. There's a lot of guys not going to work tomorrow, Rod. That's going to be a late start at yeah, 8.30. Um, but you know what? You get there, the juices will be pumping. I'm sure the rink will be packed. My son went and a couple of his buddies that play on the U of R team, they went Monday night to, to Raymore to watch the game and they were just amazed at how many people were there. They said it was an absolute gong show and a lot of fun to watch. And uh, 
maybe they're going to have a flavor of uh, they got a taste of senior hockey maybe when they're done their college career that might uh, be something for them for sure uh, I mentioned this too Balcaris knocked off Musumin in game three yesterday Musumin won in Balcaris Saturday night not a lot of people pick that one but Balcaris does prevail so they're advancing in Provincial A Watrous they moved on they got a scare from Haffer to eat them and then they came back in, in game three and won seven four so they're to play Leroy in round two. Drake beat out Bethune on Friday. They're now playing Lumsden. No date set there. That's a nice and close one to go check out. Drake, the two-time defending Provincial A champs. Provincial C, Kenora Cobras knocked off Rosetown. They're advancing. Kyle beat Grenfell in game one, five to four in OT on Friday. Kyle Saskatchewan to Grenfell Saskatchewan on a Friday for a senior that and then that's a first round matchup those used to be like the old provincial finals like a 400 and some kilometers in between that's crazy that, that that's a long one so Kyle leads one nothing there they go back to Kyle for game two this weekend Wilkie hammered porcupine plane you don't see a lot of these anymore 13 to 1 so Wilkie leads that one. Wilkie's an absolute wagon. Good they, thing that's not a two-game total point because that would be uh, the game yeah. two might not be happening. I, I've been on that this side of it at a two point a two game total point where it's like why why are we even going to Hodgeville from Abbey? Well, we got a bus. Okay, well that, that's all right. And then the last one in Provincial C, bigger four uh, two over roster and to force a game three coming up this week. So that's a little senior hockey. I love that. In ten minutes, you mentioned every small town in Saskatchewan or whatever. Like let's just I, I think name Carlisle, drop on the show. Carlisle and Balgoni are in Wednesday night too. That's the game one um, and. I think Carlisle gets home ice, but first game is being played in Belgoni. Yeah, there's a lot of that, right? Just kind of like the Raymore Winyard series. Like first game went to Raymore at the launch pad, and then the next two are in Winyard. So that's uh, that. That's how it goes. Now get out to Winyard if you're in that area tonight. Whew, Eight thirty puck drop. Now can- here's the question: If you live in Raymore and you don't go to the hockey game, what did you choose to do? Like, what's a better option on a Monday? Winyard in tonight. Winyard. No, tonight. but like if you're in Raymore and you didn't go to the game, Rod. Like, what would you have choose? You know, chosen to do because that's obviously the biggest thing going on in town. Yeah, I don't think it's calfing season yet. I'm not sure what else they would <laughs> yeah, be doing, right? Like, like, there's nothing better to do than a Monday night. I know, at like, it's, it's, go to it's Monday. Uh, yeah, so I new just, building there too. It's supposed to be fantastic. It, so it does, it does look amazing. But I, I, I predict it'll be. It'll be rocking. Well, guys, some guys might be leaving already, right? Get a jump on things. Head up to number six. That's a long. It's a long jump. It's about an hour and a half from Regina. Yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. I remember Let's losing see. a game five league final there on a, on a weekday and having to drive home. Dan Morin and I, Dan didn't. We didn't talk whole ride home. It's so disappointing. Senior hockey. It's great. It's the lifeline, lifeblood of Saskatchewan. Some people call 110 teams. It is unbelievable. We're going to talk AAA U18 hockey coming up. The Regina Pat Canadians are making a run for first place in the league. Rod's tied into them. If you didn't, if you're just tuning in, the Regina Pats last night, unbelievable. Come from behind. Then they led. Then it went into overtime. And then they beat Red Deer in a shootout. They're still trailing. To try and get that playoff spot, we can recap that in a bit. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Conexus Arts Center on a Monday on the Voice of Sports in Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. 
Clutch Performer Sports Cage brought to you by Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Call 781-1077. Talk to the fine girls and guys out at Nick's Service. So, Clutch Performer, Ty Spencer from the Regina Pats. Two goals, one assist. And Ty Gibson, we're going the deuce, two guys, three assists in that shootout win last night, 7-6 over the Red Deer Rebels. So those two gentlemen are your clutch performer for next service in Emerald Park. Rod Houck, Blaine, Barney here, Mazza to step out. Uh, so Houck, the Regina Pats, we, you know, we talked about this off the, off the start of the show, and you've been around a lot of hockey you don't have to be around a lot of hockey to figure out the Pats. A lot of trades. Got some sweet capital back for the draft. The next couple, maybe three Bantam drafts. And now they're just trying to grind. And they're trying to get into that playoffs. They got 19 games left. You know, there's seven points back of Calgary. PA's only one back of Calgary for that last playoff spot. Like the Pats are trying everything. Brad Haroff's trying everything. And I felt last night that a lot of times a team will take on the identity of their coach and and you'd known brad for a long time um he's just when he played a hard you're not coming out of that corner with the puck if you are you are a little bit black and blue works so hard um just a, a great guy sandpaper good teammate to have i feel last night's win by the pats it's it's kind of a reflection of of the coach. Yeah, I agree. I, I haven't been to many Pat games this year. I've, I've seen a few on TV, but in speaking to a couple of buddies that I know that are scouting in the NHL, Dale Dirkatch, Ross Mahoney, and I always ask them, "Hey, when I see them, how how are the Pats doing?" And they just say they're a hardworking team. They work their butt off every night. Might not be the most skilled team, but I, I do agree they take on uh, the persona of their head coach and they they work hard all the time. It's it's crazy too, right? Because as we talked about, like the weather out there seems like late March. Like it's like there's only a few games left. They got 19 bloody games left <laughs> in the season. You know, obviously a lot can happen, but teams are are jock, jockeying for position when it comes to the WHL. Um, and I don't Regina fans can't be you know discouraged because you got to look at the future. And what they have there. But then you got down the road, Moose Jaw, you know, Ripplinger's an amazing job of loading up there. It's like wind time in Moose Jaw. Oh, for sure. Moose Jaw, they were buyers at the deadline. Uh, Swift Current as well. They kind of loaded up with Connor Geeky being there as well. And they got uh, another defenseman. Uh, well, I think it was one of Anaheim's prospects that came Los in. Angeles. Oh, Los Angeles. Yeah, uh, just and, fell in their lap. Uh, yeah, and uh, so they and they got Reed Dick back in goal now in Swift Current. They're, they're going to be they're going to be tough too. I know them and Brandon played a couple weeks ago. I think Moose Jaw beat them both games, but they were close games. But but Jason Ripplinger has done a good job in Moose Jaw. He's got that team um, looking pretty good. They made a I thought. A, a good trade for a second goaltender. They got a goalie out of Medicine Hat, yeah, which was huge. Nothing, not disrespectful to their 16-year-old goalie, but doesn't have a lot of experience. And if Unger was to go down, at least they have a guy there with some experience that can carry the mail. As a as a goaltender and a guy that that's worked with a lot of you, you played high-level hockey, and you worked with a lot of goalies, and, and you still work with a lot of goalies. 
how it's it's changed so much, and I don't even know how many years ago it changed at a competitive level like the WHL, and then you see it in the NHL. Now there's so much time split. Like a guy's not running the table and playing eighty five, ninety percent. Is just is smart, or is it be just how the how the butterfly and how guys are playing nowadays? I think it has a lot to do with the way they play. Um, there's so many goalies now at the age of 30, they're getting, I don't know if they're getting hip replacements, but they're getting their labrums redone and everything. It's just uh, the the, the uh, strain on their hips, the way they play down low, the, the, the reverse horizontal or RVH, they call it. There's a lot of uh, a lot of pressure on those hip joints and they're, they're some are going to have a tough time walking. <laughs> I yeah. play stand-up, uh, and I still played up until two years ago, and I just had my hip done in, in September, four months ago, but I, I had a full replacement, and I wasn't a, I was a stand-up goalie, so I can't imagine what these guys are going to be like playing the, the way they do, but everyone plays that style. That's the way they're coached now, and it's either you do it and try to play as long as you can, uh, or you're probably not going to be around. You know what I've, what I've found is when you go out and play rec, a lot of times now and you know a guy was a goalie um you know I'm, I'm 46 so guys into their 40s a lot of them now play out they play defense they play forward a lot of them mostly defense just because of that that wear and tear i cannot i can't wrap my head around a guy like a sean mcnall who would play you know over a hundred rec games a year you you were there too a few years ago getting the call all that like, you come play you come play like that is just so taxing on your body it is but it's still fun um i still remember playing against sean and he was he always knew you're going to be in for a battle when even though it was a rec game at the brand center at nine o'clock on a monday night you knew it was going to be a hard game because the goalie at the other end was good so the, the only part i found uh, difficult as a when you're coaching uh, lots of times you'd be at the ring coaching from four to six you'd run home grab a bite to eat and the last thing you really want to do is run back to the brand yeah. center to play a rec game but you, your team doesn't have a goalie so you, you don't want to let them down yeah. so you do end up going and some nights you don't have the energy level that you normally do because you've been on the ice for three hours already but all all, all fun you guys are a different breed rod Hulk joining us in the sports cage here with uh barney shankarek and blaine coming up after the break here, we're going to be joined by the all-time leading point getter for the Saskatoon Blades. His number, they just announced it last week, going into the rafters, the number 39 into the Sastel Center rafters. If you're just joining us, I'm going to make you think a little bit. Who is the all-time leading scorer for the Saskatoon Blades. You can jo- join the conversation anytime on the Capital Ford text line, 936-6262. You're listening to the Sports Cage on this Monday for the Conexus Arts Centre on the Voice of Sports in Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. I'm Blaine Wallen inside the Harvard Media Sports Cage studios with your sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right, 781-2090. CFL free agency negotiation period is well underway, and a couple of deals have appeared to be struck earlier today, including the Saskatchewan Roughriders appeared to be poised to sign offensive lineman Jamarcus Hardrick to a two-year contract that would make him the highest-paid offensive lineman in the CFL. As well, the Ottawa Red Blacks apparently have signed linebacker Adarius Pickett to a one-year deal. Deals cannot become official until a free agency becomes 
official next Tuesday, although there are reports that the Argos are going to release Pickett that would allow him to sign with Ottawa before next Tuesday. NHL's back in action following the All-Star break with two games tonight. The Toronto Maple Leafs will take on the New York Islanders and the Colorado Avalanche will tangle with the New York Rangers. Calgary Flames legend Lanny McDonald's recovering in hospital after he suffered a cardiac episode last night in the airport as he was coming back from the All-Star weekend. He did send out a post thanking uh, the first responders that helped him out last night at the airport. And that's a look at your sports. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back inside the sports cage on this Monday. Barney Schenker, Blaine Wylan, and Rod Houck flying with you for the next uh, hour and a half here. On Mondays, the sports cage is brought to you by Conexus Art Center. All guests join us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Never a bad time for all those toppings on a Western Pizza wheel. The all dressed, the number two. Really, Roddy, what's what's your go to when you go to Western Pizza? Uh, I'd go with the pepperoni and mushroom. Yeah, classic. And maybe some back bacon on there too. Yeah, that's the number two. Oh, is it there pepperoni, you go. mushroom, the bacon? That's one of the that's one of the popular ones. Oh, there you go. I just uh, Dave Lowe. Bought, brought it over this summer. And I was like, oh, yeah, number two. Yeah. I thought it was actually for the kids. We got into it. Well, we had to get another one. That, it's <laughs> Western Pizza is just absolutely classic. We thank them uh, for sponsoring the, yeah, the hotline, as always. All right. We have coming up. Again, I love the people on the text line. Thanks so much. The Capital Ford Lincoln text line, 936-6262. People guessing. And they're just tuning in because we we gave it away earlier in the show. And you didn't know the answer to this either. Who the all-time leading scorer is for the Saskatoon Blades. I did not know that. If you had to guess, now that you know, you know. But if you would have had to guess, who would you have uh, guessed? Ooh, <clears throat> there was quite so many uh, different blades. I would have gone way back to the uh, Bernie Frederico, way back in that yeah. era. One of our one of the text messages here just came in. Bernie, we've had a few Bernie, we've had a few Brian Scrudlin. We had uh, a really smart one, must be from Saskatoon as well. Paul Butchkowski, because he played like four or five years at the Blades. Mark Dial or mm-hmm. DL, uh, but then yeah, you go down like there's Perry Goncher. Uh, Derek Tibbetts was really good. Jason Christie, Ken Federico, Dave Struish. Dave Struish is actually 13th. Wow. All time. He, again, played a lot of years for the Blades, came in as a 16-year-old. Another guest here, someone took a stab in the dark. I loved it. Ralph Clausen. He was, uh, speaking, Maz was talking earlier about guys that like to give her. He was a, such a good hockey player, tough, big head. He coached AAA Midget when I was playing AAA Midget. I remember his, his hands were just, you know, like, those farm farm guys once in a while be like, look at the size of the mitts on that guy. Yeah. Like, don't grab me. But this guy coming up, they're retiring his number 39. He had 370 points in 278 games for the Saskatoon Blades. We're going to be joined right after the break by, with Frank Bannum. Yeah, man, he, he was him and Mark Dayell, and they would have terrorized the Pats at the Agrodome. Sure, they did back in the day. The Crush Can, Moose Jaw, Civic Center, and Swift Current. And then he talks about it in the interview. They had Big Wade Belak out there. So yeah, they they had a little bit little bit extra 
space when they're moving around. Uh, yeah, tonight, hockey. Blaine mentioned the NHL games coming up, but if you're in that Winyard area, don't be afraid to go watch Game 3, Raymore Winyard, Provincial Senior A. It's all decided tonight. Puck drop, 8.30. You have to pick a winner. Who would you go with? I think Raymore. And, and I know they're the underdog in the series, but I think Raymore is, I watched them play, they're really young. And Winyard, I think a little bit older, you know, a second game, two nights, probably worked today, and I've got to drive all the way back out there. Maybe some guys stayed, whatever. But yeah, I would, uh, if it was a play now, Saskatchewan, and I got some uh, odds, I would I would take probably the underdog Raymore Rockets tonight to uh, upset and move on to the next round. So, we will see. It is the Sports Cage with the Conexus Arts Center on the Voice of Sports in Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline from, I think he's in downtown Cincinnati. Saskatoon Blade legend. We talked about it earlier in the show. Number 39, Frank Bannum. Frank, thanks so much for hopping on the sports cage today. No, I appreciate it, guys. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So we talked about it. The Blade's finally going to retire. Your number 39. It's going to go to the rafters at Sass Tell Center or Sass Place, as you, as you remember it. When you found out, where were you and, and how did you find out? Uh, yeah, I found out from... Uh Tyler Warlock had contact me, so um, when he when he first reached out, um, obviously I was pretty pretty excited and, and overwhelmed. I mean, it's you know something like this is. Um, I think we've talked before, like when Mooner was our coach, Lauren Malk, and he always talked about you know leaving our footprints behind, um, and something like this with their my jersey going in the rafters is definitely leaving the footprints behind. Um, so it was pretty exciting. And I've talked with all old teammates and everyone, and it's pretty cool to reunite with them and, and keep in contact with them. And obviously something like this is it's, you know, not just what I did in my career there. It was everyone had a part of it, right? Um, hmm. It wasn't for the coaching staff and the players around me. You know, this would have never been possible, so. Hey Frank, I'm pretty uh, excited. Looking forward to it. Uh, it's Maz here. Yeah. Explain number thirty-nine. Who, who picks thirty-nine? Was that given to you when you got there as a rookie, or was that you on your own? No. So as a kid, my uh, my dad he wore number three. Uh, so I always wore number three um, throughout all my youth hockey and everything. That was kind of my number, which is an odd number for a forward. And I actually wore three the year before before I had 39 and I remember that because um, I wanted to wear three because I didn't wear the two previous years and uh, I remember Lauren Mullican come well that's a defenseman number you can't wear and I'm like well I, I want to wear it um, you know it's kind of my number and uh, he said well I'll tell you what he's like if you score a hat trick next game you can wear it and I scored a hat trick in the, in the first period <laughs> and he come after the first period and intermission, and he's like, ah, you bugger. Um, <laughs> so I wore three that year. Um, 39, that was, a, you know, uh, Doug Gilmore wore in that number at that time. I was a fan of Dougie. And um, <laughs> so, and just talking with our trainer at that time, Blaine White, you know, he'd suggested it. <laughs> and I said, yeah, you know what? I like that number. And 
so that was my number um, <laughs> that season, and I, you know, wore it through a pro career as well. Right on. Cool story. Okay, so you're the leading point getter ever for the Saskatoon Blades. Actually, Maz wasn't quite sure, and then I said, yeah, he, he's the guy. So your, your rookie year, you had 62 points. 17-year-old coming from the Fernie Ghost Riders, where you play in that league as a 16-year-old, which is, we talked about it on the Nooner, super tough league. Yeah. Um, how, how did you adapt as a 17-year-old that year, Frank? What do, you, what do you remember about that rookie year with the Blades? Oh, it was definitely a learning experience. You know, even uh, I think the Rocky Mountain Junior League definitely helped me prepare for junior but oh yeah <laughs> making that step into whl that's just another whole that's a big step as well um so it was a, it was a learning experience it was um things were more regimented and structured uh at that level with our coaching staff um you know it wasn't like playing chinny hockey anymore or just kind of showing up like it was you know serious and there was roles and learning the whole, you know, the mm-hmm. whole game defensively, offensively. Um, I was fortunate. I played with some veteran players, had good veteran players around me, like yeah. Ryan Fajita, Andy McIntyre, Mark Watton, you know, um, Kibitz. You yeah. Know, they can just keep going down the list. Um, and, and that year, too, we had a good rookie core. It was a year... <laughs> I came in, Clark Will, Rhett Warner, Chad Allen, um, yeah. uh, Jason Duda. We had some, some good rookies. Um, so it was just, you know, kind of the right place, right time, and um, you know, it, worked, it worked out well. That That's what I had uh, for a next question to ask you is going to, you know, because there was 17-year-old Paul Butchakowski. Rhett Warner was a 16-year-old as a, as a hometown guy. Clark Wilm actually started yeah. that year at 15 years old, Central Butte uh, weapon Clark Wilm. And then the one guy that made life easier for you when you were, you know, lighting it up and scoring through those years was uh, a guy by the name of Norm Miracle and Nett. He, oh, he, 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 had to, he had to give your life or make your life a lot easier. <laughs> Yeah, and actually, Normie and I were roommates my first year. Um, so, yeah, it was, um, you know, Normie was, he had a big year, I think, the year before. And then that year, we were both roommates, and we were actually, I believe, the only two that year that got drafted from the Blades. Um, and, um, yeah, he was just, he was a very talented goaltender. It was actually funny. I was in Detroit uh, yesterday and talking with Osgood a little bit. Um, you know, and that's when I say right place, right time. That could have been Normie yeah. easily, right? Just on the talent he had, and um, but yeah, there was Normie there. And then you know, uh, when I when I look back, my roommate for uh, after Normie was for three years was Wade Belak, and mm-hmm. we were very close. Um, and you know, Wade was he was kind of like the big brother to me. Um, so and people knew that around the league, right? And especially as tough as he was. So, you know, I got probably a you know an extra three feet of room, <laughs> definitely my last year, um, because anybody went after me, they knew they had to answer the bell to Wade. Um, so, you know, and obviously he didn't assist on a lot of my goals, but I still believe, um, you know, he was definitely a part of it as well because it's it makes a big difference when you got a guy behind you that that's gonna you know especially of his size and strength and and yeah you know kind of his reputation back then um so he was he was definitely a a positive for for my uh 
<laughs> career in Saskatoon. That's for sure. 207 penalty minutes that last year were there. Do you, Maz, go ahead. Uh, it's funny because the world of hockey has changed, obviously, the Wade Belaks, guys like that around. Uh, so when Mooner was your coach, is that when Mooner was still smoking cigarettes, like before games, between periods and stuff like that? Because that's the era of hockey you grew up in where smoking was readily available in and around uh, dressing rooms and uh, press rooms. Uh, yeah. Was he a DeMaurier or a player's light guy when he was smoking cigarettes during the game? Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember, but I, I do remember. I, you know, as a rookie, I sat behind him on the bus. So, um, yeah, there were you know those trips, the long trips. Those were long ones because, uh, yeah, <laughs> back then uh, there was a lot of cigarettes. So. <laughs> smoking on the bus. That is crazy. That's the best. You'd get you'd get kicked out of the league now if you were smoking <laughs> on the bus. Somebody's oh, parents yeah. would sue you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. No doubt. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, it was the only smoke that one year. Uh, after that, he never, he never. I think he quit, and mm. he was exercising, getting back into shape, and yeah. So it was only, only one year with him there. Uh, yeah, I've known Mooner for like twenty years, guys. An absolute weapon. Totally love it. You know, th- this this shows hurt across Saskatchewan, and. You know, your days, blade skating, you had the crush can and moose jaw, you know, the Civic Center, the little barn and Swifty up at the Communiplex and Prince Albert. You guys had the nice new shiny rink in Saskatoon and then, you know, the Agrodome here in Regina. Was there one place, Saskatchewan-wise, Frank, that, that you really liked to play or there was a rivalry that you really, you know, seemed to to light it up or, or get more points or just feel more comfortable in a Sasky rink? Um, I, to be honest, I liked them all because they were all good atmospheres, um, and they all were, you know, something a little different from PA and Regina, Swifty, you know, Moose Jaw, um, you know, so it was, there were always big games, you know, the Moose Jaw, I think back then, cause that's where Mooner came from was Moose Jaw. Um, I think it was there the year before something came to Saskatoon. So, um, those were those were rough games because you know <laughs> back then the hockey was different and and Mooner's thing was like you know let's send the message right from the beginning and when you get when you got like um, Belak and Yakimishin and and you know your your big guys um, didn't they have Rob Trump forward, you, didn't the Warriors have Rob Trumpley on that team yeah. yeah 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 who was that sorry uh, didn't the Warriors at that time have Rob Trumpley on that team because he would fight Wade Belak yeah. I remember that. And uh, Chris yeah, McAllister Chris was playing McAllister, for the Blades. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Frank, yeah. Uh, before we started this, I I just happened to mention this, but your very first NHL goal, I happened to be at that game at Reunion Arena in Dallas. Tell us about the goal, but then tell us about what happened, because I remember at the end, all hell broke loose, and you were in it. So you're playing with the Ducks, and uh, how old were you then? Like, what? Uh, how old were you uh, in that season? Uh, I probably would have been, I guess, in 22. Okay. Around there, 21. Um, yeah, it was probably my uh, fifth game up that season. Um, and the goal, that was my first goal. It was, it was a good play, like Matt Cullen, who I connected well with. You know, he was a similar player to Mark DL and just, you know, he could he could find players, right? Um, uh, he made a good play to me from behind the net I one timed it. Um, but I always remember that game because it was a game it was the same season uh Paul Korea was, you know, uh, knocked out for the whole season. He'd got hit in 
earlier in the year uh, by Gary Suda from the Hawks. And when we were in Chicago, that was uh, obviously a rough one, sending a statement. And then playing in Dallas, it was, I think, the third period. And then Ludwig, he, he hit Solani pretty good in the head. Solani went down and... So obviously the team and their coach was uh, Pierre Paget at the time. They're like, oh, right. Well, after that, it was just made it. It was just a mayhem. Um, I remember the game. Uh, I was in the penalty box with maybe six other guys, <laughs> and we had three three players left. Nobody on the bench. It was and awesome. Those three players had to finish the last five minutes of the game. They couldn't change, or maybe three minutes. <laughs> because um, there was nobody left on the bench. Everyone was either kicked out or in the penalty box. And they actually did a documentary on it. And, we, you know, our big tough guy back then was Brent Severin. And that's when he he gave it to Daryl Sador pretty good. Um, and and Seve talks about that in the documentary. And, but, yeah, it was uh, it was a game I won't forget, that's for sure. Not, not only just because it was my first goal, it was just everything that transpired after that. I, I think, and I, I want to go back to, you know, when we interviewed during the Monday Nooner, we had a little bit more time. And because, you know, just being Saskatoon guys, right? And, and, and the thing was, was like, how come he just, you know, he didn't have the NHL, the longevity as an NHL career. But, you know, you look at it, you had a storied European career after the after the NHL, Anaheim. You had a cup of coffee with with Phoenix. When, when I'm sure you get that question a lot, Frank. It's like, you know, what about the NHL or why didn't it work out? What's the elevator, I guess, pitch or speech on that? When when people out in, in sports cage land are listening right now, like, you know, why didn't he have the long NHL career? But there were some injuries involved, right? Yeah, I was early on in my career. I just, I tore my um my so your your muscle, your stomach muscle and your groin muscle that going under your attached to your pubic bone. I, I tore it so bad that I chipped the pubic bone. Um, and there were even doctors then, right, that were saying, well, you don't know if you can play again or that, right? Um, so that was kind of scary. I just signed an NHL contract. So it wasn't until my third year my NHL contract that I attended a actual training camp. And those first two years... You know, I kind of played periodically. I think my first year, I didn't start playing till after Christmas. And then the second year, I didn't start till November. I was supposed to have a surgery again. Um, so that, you know, that wasn't the best way to yeah. start out, especially after coming after a great season um, that I did with Saskatoon. Because they were, you know, talking with them. They're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, you're, you're – you're part of the future and but you know even today's day like what I, you tell kids it's you got basically that two three year window right because every year there's new draft picks and new prospects and um you know and then i finally it came in through the third season and it was the last cut you know that that year you know because there was new new prospects and guys from you know we had guys from all over sweden russia that came in and um so you know i think that didn't help the cause, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, when I did get my opportunity, I did do the best and produce. And then the other part was even my last year, they brought in, um, uh, who was the coach? Uh, I can't remember his name. Um, but he was more of a defensive style coach. And, um, you know, he basically, you know, when I was the last caught, he just said, you know, I got my two guys that, you know, I know that can get me my goals. He's like, yeah, I need guys around that, you know, 
to to play the defensive part of the game, and that was obviously not my mm-hmm. you know that's my game. I mean, I was a scorer, and that's all I thought. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. although you know, I did work on the defensive side, and um, it only uh, it only took me twenty years of pro to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had a you had an un, unreal career too, especially pro over in Europe. Like I love looking at your your hockey DB and your elite prospects. So when it comes to the big day in Saskatoon on March 9th, when that uh, jerseys or that numbers raised up, you know, to the rafters, um, I'm sure a lot of your old teammates that are in the area are going to be there. Um, you know, just obviously a lot of excitement and uh, just to kind of get back and, and give a little bit back, I guess, to Saskatoon and, and the franchise that gave you so much. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, I've always said it's, um, you know, I was fortunate to, to play there because it's what I tell kids even nowadays, like, um, you know, you, you learn so many life skills from the game, uh, you know, being a good teammate, being accountable, work ethic, you know, all those different things that you, you learn from the game. Um, and I was lucky in Saskatoon. We just had a great group of um, players, great coaching staff, just everything around it. Um, that really, that's kind of that sculpted mm-hmm. all of us at a age. Um, you know, that are still skills and, and, and things that I use to this day from from growing and, and playing there. And not only that, just, just the city on how people are that support the team and and everything around it's just kind of like a big family right and it, it was kind of our motto is we always you know play for one one another yeah. um and that's the motto is here for for our players in, in cincinnati area that you know are, are that have love for the game and passion for the game and um i'm you know i'm really excited to get back and see everyone uh you know i'm sure we all got a lot more gray hair than than the last time uh we'll uh yeah it'll, it'll be a fun time and, and an exciting time and i'm, I'm sure a, a moment that i'll never forget mm. in my life we have uh we have about 30 seconds left here are you still involved in hockey in the uh, cincinnati area yeah so i'm uh the director of the um cincinnati Cyclones here. They we we started the youth program, so I'm the director of hockey, uh, the director of hockey operations here. So I I stay pretty busy now and involved. I started that in in June, um, which we've grown it. You know, from mm-hmm. when I come on board, about 35 kids. Now we're at uh, about 165, and next year it looks like we'll be around 500. So um, it's good. We're you know we're growing the game here and. Um, you know, a lot of the things that I bring are, are things that I learned as a, as a blade. Right on. Yeah. Right right on. Yeah. Frank Bannum joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline here as numbers going into the rafters in Saskatoon, March 9th, number 39. Frank, thanks so much for taking some time and uh, hopping on the sports cage today. I appreciate it, Barney Mav. Thanks for having me. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show, The Sports Cage, on 620 CKRM. Here's Barney Shankaruk. Welcome back inside the Sports Cage on this Monday, brought to you by the Conexus Art Center. High Valley with Tim and the Glory Boys coming up February 20th at the Conexus Art Center. You know where to get tickets, conexusartcenter.ca. Blaine Wyland, Rod Houck, joining us for the next hour on the Sports Cage. 
So that Frank Bannum interview, man, it just take, takes a guy back to the the old WHL days. If you haven't, or you're just tuning in, you're on your drive home, what's coming up in the next hour, in the next half hour here, we're going to be joined by Las Vegas Golden Knights defenseman, Stanley Cup champ from Gervin, Saskatchewan. It's it's Davidson, it's it's Gervin, it's in between there. We talked to Braden McNabb about that. He's going to join us. Uh, curling news, first hour, we were joined by Catlin Schneider and his team from British Columbia. He's a Regina boy, lives in Regina. He's a business owner in Regina. Curls in BC caught me off guard when I found out about it on Friday. His team won BC. And heading to the Briar in Regina. So nice uh, nice for Catlin to be playing in front of friends and family coming up March 1st in Regina. In Saskatchewan, it was Mike McEwen's rink running the table up in Saskatoon at the Nutana Curling Club. They went 7-0. and They're advancing. They're going to be the Saskatchewan rep for the Briar. This guy, and we talked to Catlin Schneider about this, spent his entire career curling in Manitoba, and he represented Manitoba, I think it was seven times. Got it written down here. And then Ontario once. So these guys these guys in the curling world, they get around. Yeah, McEwen had an unreal weekend and week up in Saskatoon. He skipped Manitoba at the Briar seven straight years from 2016 to 22. That's why I recognize the name. He also skipped Ontario in 2023. So they'll be trying to be the first Saskatchewan rink to win the Briar since 1980. And Rick Folk. You know what? Passive curling fan, love watching the Briar, especially when it's live. But that is like the story that always comes up every year for a Saskatchewan rink going to the Briar. It's as it's been since 1980. Rick Folk team, and they run old clips, and they show Rick Folk in his uh, wool jacket and the corn brooms and all that. It's a long time. Cigarettes. Disappointing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was the Labatt. I looked it up. It was the Labatt Briar tankard. In 1980, but yeah, they ripped darts, oh. and uh, they weren't the athletes. That's one thing that Catlin talked about. Like these guys train all year long. It's kind of like people roll their eyes, and you know, golfers are training nowadays. But when you watch the Briar or you watch the Tankard that was just going down, or any of the World Curling events, like these guys are in shape. It's there's not a lot of you know big huge boilers out there and and a you know guy just leaking and going over and it's like what is he drinking is that is that Ryan Coke is that Coke what is it in there but that's how it was in the day the Ed Warrenex of the ranch they their body types aren't like that look at Ben Hebert uh, Regina guy I, I'm not sure did Ben's team qualify for the Briar this year or not I, I don't I think I don't think Alberta has uh, had their playdowns yet I don't know if that's coming up Blaine's gonna Blaine's gonna look but that's yeah that's again another. Another good point there. I and taught I d- Ben at uh, Riffle my first two years teaching. He played on the high school hockey team. He played. Not, we had high school baseball back then. Good athlete, but 
you want to talk intense, everything was, a, he, he hated losing. Yeah. So whether he, it was baseball, hockey, whatever, uh, intramurals, he, he, he's just an intense guy. We interviewed him on the Monday Nooner, and it was funny because I think it was uh, Colony Coffee or something. That was his, like, his side job. He delivered coffee, and uh, yeah, but, but he's taken, you know, curling ultra serious made a lot of money made a career out of it but we did ask Catlin too I'm like so when you know that there's uh the TV game like do you do a few push-ups in the in the locker room before you go he goes absolutely gotta get the biceps uh, looking good get all swole right so yeah no it's uh good jobs we got two uh two I guess ties to Saskatchewan and Regina coming up the Briar March 1st in Regina at the uh, Brand Center. Will you go? Uh, I think I'd go watch a couple games. I wouldn't go all week, obviously, but uh, no, I, I don't mind that. And it's always good socializing in the yeah in the Briar Patch after. There's uh yeah, and I think play now. They will, they will have odds. So oh, now wow. it'll take playnow.com, the uh, Saskatchewan sports book sponsor of the Sports Cage. They they should have it. When I get Ben Whiting on the show tomorrow we're gonna to talk super bowl prop bets they should have some curling action on but that's gonna open up a whole different ball of wax for me oh that'll make it more interesting for sure oh absolutely sprinkle on a little curling action uh also we talked uh with the pats last night unbelievable they were down and they were up and then they gave it away and then they went in overtime and then a shoot a pats win against red deer but they are still seven points back at that final playoff spot. They're heading to Alberta. They're grinding away. The Saskatoon Blades beat Brandon 3-1 yesterday. The Blades are an absolute wagon. They're sitting, obviously, still in first place in that Eastern. AAA U18, formerly known as AAA Midget Hockey. Pat Canadians, you're involved with the Pat Canadians. Big win on the weekend. They're just, I think, two points back of first place Saskatoon Blazers, but the Blazers have two games in hand? Yeah, that, that's correct. We had a big week this week. There was uh, entering uh, the week of play last week. Us, Swift Current, and Warman were all tied for second place, and we had uh, Swift Current in a home-and-home, and, home, and then we played Warman on Saturday night in Warman. So two of three on the road, and we came out victorious all three games. So it was a big week for us. Haji had the boys uh, locked in, had um, some injuries, some flu bugs going around. Our our game Saturday night, uh, our AP goalie had to start. What's his name? Uh, Evan Hutchian. And he was, uh, he plays for the Vicks in, in our U18 AA league here. He uh, was game star. He was unbelievable. Uh, they won 5 2, I believe, and uh, he, got, he earned the game star. How is that? You know, AP goalie against a team you're battling in the standings, and he comes out with the win. How many games left in the season? Um, well, we play a total of 44 games, so we'll have seven games left. So most teams are around that seven, eight, nine range. So by the end of February, our season's done. So playoffs will be uh, starting up the first week of March. How um, was is this the first year for Estevan or second year? To have the team down there, uh, this might even be their third year. Actually, third year, yeah. Third, how how are things been received down there? I know uh, Bart Holtzboy playing down there seems to love it. Uh, just like anywhere, when it comes to hockey and billeting and all that, it's it's very difficult. Um, you know, how are, have you heard? How are things received I, down I there? Think, it's a beautiful facility. Yeah, yeah, my son played his last year of junior hockey in Estevan. It's a it would it puts some of the Western Hockey League buildings. It's like yeah. the junior rink there is amazing. Um, but uh, th- this year, I think. Uh, Estevan's having the best year they've had since they've been in the league. They're just over 500. 
they're uh, fighting for that last playoff spot. It looks like they're they have a good chance to make the playoffs for the first time, I believe. So it should it, it, things are going in the right direction for them. That'll be exciting because then the uh, Junior A Bruins will be in the playoffs as well. So and that's a battle too that division yeah. and, uh, between them, Melville, Weyburn, and Yorkton's even starting to come on here. And uh, it'll be uh, I don't think anyone's. Uh, that playoff spots haven't been uh, secured yet in the SJHL. It's quite the race. A lot of SJHL Junior A talk coming up tomorrow on the Sports Cage. Going to talk about the Alberta teams switching into BC. Hopefully going to be joined by a coach from a Division One program and talk to him about uh, scouting and, and how that changes things. And then also the word that CHL athletes might be able to qualify for NCAA. So that's coming up tomorrow. Who leading scorers right now in the league? You were talking about this earlier and Blaine is from that area. It's um Boyker's Dane Boyker, yeah. yeah. Sixty five points as a fifteen year old. That's pretty darn good. Um and then second and third, <clears throat> a couple of our players, Steven Sarenka has fifty four points and Casey Brown with forty nine. So Sarenka did the uh, Michigan Goal the, in the one game. I remember seeing the video kind of went viral quickly. I think we're coming up to the to clock here. We got Braden McNabb from the Las Vegas Golden Knights coming up. Maddox Schultz, elevator. Like what, what, in in thirty seconds, how do you explain what you're seeing there on this kid that's uh, second year bantam and and coming up and and looking like an all star when he comes up and plays Triple A midget. Yeah, he's definitely a special player. Um, no doubt about it. Connor Bedard was a special player. Maddox Schultz is a special player, and uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, we get a. Hopefully, he can play with us full time next year. I think he's ready to play at that level, and that would be great. It's really crazy all these trades in the WHL when teams were unloading, and it's like they're all oh, you know that that twenty twenty five bantam pick like that. That is the year that he, you know he'll be available to to be taken in the WHL draft. It's going to be. Pretty cool. Like I said, uh, more CFL talk coming up. It is the, I'm, I'm learning here. It's the, the handshake part of the season where guys can sign. It's more of a handshake deal. <laughs> and uh, Blaine, we were, I was talking to Blaine about this, and I'm like, yeah, so can a guy just really pull the rug out and go with another? He was like, yeah, well, it could happen. So it is that time in the CFL. Pretty cool. But after the break, Stanley Cup champion. Sasky gentleman, fantastic guy going to join us. Braid McNabb, you are listening to the Sports Cage for the Conexus Arts Center on the voice of sports in Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline from Las Vegas, Nevada, by the way, of is it is it Davidson or Gervin? What are we going with, Braden McNabb? <laughs> Oof, that's a tough question. Uh, I guess technically it's Gervin, but I did everything in Davidson, so it's uh, you know <laughs> the Gervin people are proud that it's Gervin, and then the Davidson people are proud it's Davidson. So it's <laughs> a little more people in Davidson. Take all the love, right? It, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter. It's all it's all the same area. So all star break here coming to an end uh, for you. What did the McNabs do over the uh, over the break? Uh, we went to Mexico. Ended up going to Mexico. My wife and I and a few other couples. Uh, it was great. Yeah, it's always nice time of year get away for three four days and then have a couple days at home and uh, yeah, it was good. Get out in the sun, get a couple burns, and it was great. What part of Mexico? Uh, Cabo. Oh, right on. Yeah. So how many, how many days 
for you or your teammates, how many days actually were you off the ice? Um, well, we practiced today, so it was probably seven, six to seven days. So wow. a good chunk. Yeah. And do, do most of, most of the guys, you know, get away, try and go do quick, do a quick short holiday somewhere. Yeah. Usually it's how it goes. If, with that bigger break, it's like, usually guys will try and do like a four day adventure. Uh, Cabo is close. It's a two hour flight, so it's not bad. So being out West, there's a lot of places you can even drive to. Um, just to get away, but yeah, most, I would say most guys do it for sure. Okay. You don't have to give names, but over your career in the NHL all-star break, what's the craziest trip you heard some guys do? Oh gosh, heard. Uh, um, I mean, honestly, nothing too crazy. I came to Saskatchewan one year. That was pretty wild. <laughs> How cold was it? <laughs> yeah, I was freezing. Yeah, it was wild. That's when my wife now was in college, so I came home for a week. Oh. But, yeah, everyone was giving me grief about going to the cold, but uh, well, it worked out. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so quite a few injuries this year for the Golden Knights are kind of right before the All-Star break, so it probably couldn't have come at a better time. Yeah, uh, it, it really was. Yeah, we were, you know, building up the injuries for sure. Uh, I think Carlson will be back for this Edmonton game. Um, and then there's probably two or three guys coming back this month or early March. So, yeah, you're right. It, it kind of came at a good time. And our March or February schedule is pretty light. So um, it's uh, definitely a month we need to take advantage of. So you got this Edmonton, Edmonton team coming in. Um you know, a lot has been made. They're looking for the NHL record tying 17th win in a row set by the 92-93 Penguins. Up a little bit more for, for this one to try and break that streak? Well, I think so. I think that's a little bit a part of it. Uh, playoffs last year. Um, you know, it's I don't know if it's a rival, but it kind of came. Whenever you play a team in playoffs, there's always a bit of a rival there, right? So, um, it, you know, we obviously know they're playing well. Um uh, ever since, you know, Nabla came in, but you know, yeah, it is something that, you know, we got our, our eyes set on and, you know, we got one more day of practice here and make sure we're tuned up and ready for it. Brad McNabb from the Las Vegas Golden Knights joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. So I think we talked about this when we did the Nooner interview. You got Connor McDavid, best player in the world, and Leon Dreisaitl. Is it, is your game day and, and focus as a defenseman when it's a game day like that or against McKinnon or someone, is it a little bit different? Or are you kind of preparing a little bit different? Um, I don't know about preparation. Maybe it's more a little bit your mindset doesn't change, but it's more aware of, you know, that they'll be out and kind of preparing your mind for it. Everything else kind of stays the same. Um, but, yeah, those, those are definitely two guys that, you know, we obviously talked about and everyone talks about their high-end players. But I think for them, and they have, they have their depth going right now too, right? So they're – Third and fourth lines are scoring for him, and that's probably why they're on the run right now. So, like, after McDavid, after McKinnon, guys like that. So, casual fans, you know, that guys like me that are D-Gen gamblers that gamble or whatever. But as an NHL defenseman, who's a guy that maybe doesn't get the notoriety that is, like, six-skilled and you really got to be on your toes for? Well, I think Kucherov, I mean, he's not under the radar. He's leading the league in points, I think. Yeah. But, he, you know, him being out in Tampa, he doesn't get much like note or notice or talked about as much as these other guys. Mm-hmm. But, you know, McKinnon's on a different planet this year. He's playing awesome. That You know, that line with Ratton and 
McKinnon and they kind of sub guys in and out of that line, but those yeah. two work so well together. They're always a tough match. You know, every team has, has their strengths and it depends what kind of night you get out of them. They could be on their game. It could be tough or they could be having an average game and makes it a little easier. What was your, uh, what was your take on seeing Connor Bedard uh, with your eyeballs for the first time? Yeah, it was a, that was a cool game. I think, you know, he's obviously, we got him early in the, in the year twice. And, you know, it's unfortunately he got hurt because he's a guy who's only going to get better and better the more reps he gets. Um, but he does have that shot where, you know, he actually did score on us twice in the two games. So, <laughs> but yeah, he, he's a guy who doesn't, you don't, he doesn't need much, you know, if he gets opportunity, he's going to, he's going to finish on you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he's young and, you know, he probably needs time to grow and, uh, get a little faster. And when he does that, you know, the, the sky's the limit for sure. The boys at extreme hockey here have one of his sticks from last year. I couldn't believe how tall it was. Like I'm five ten. <laughs> And it's up to my head. So I think that's where some of that velocity and that, that shot comes. Yeah, absolutely. It it is a very abnormally long stick for sure. (laughs) Um, It's Super Bowl week in, in Las Vegas. A lot of hype going to be coming in. You're, you guys are off, I think Saturday, Sunday, then you got mini on Monday. Anything special planned with the team around Super Bowl? No, um, well, I'm sure we'll get together. Nothing planned as of yet, but we always will get together. I don't know. I haven't heard of anyone going yet. I think the ticket prices are outrageous. So <laughs> unless I get some sweet offer, I won't be going. <laughs> you can so, buy uh, you can buy Davidson and Gervin for how much some of those boxes are going. Yeah, it's nuts. It's crazy. So that's <laughs> a fun. It's a fun day of the year where you can get together and watch the game. It's a lot going on, so it's fun. Who are you gonna? Who are you cheering for? Oh man, I don't know if I'm cheering for anyone. It, it's, <clears throat> I don't know. It's a tough one. It's tough to bet against Mahomes. I mean, and that San Fran team is just well-rounded, and yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. It's it's a tough one. Kind of like you guys were last year. All right, couple more here before we let you go. Braden McNabb joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Are you keeping track of your uh, brother at all, former Regina Pat goaltender Dean McNabb and the <laughs> Davidson Cyclones? Like I know he was a little bit hurt, but they're kind of rolling in league and provincials now. Yeah, yeah, he was he was on the IR for a bit there, <laughs> but I saw yesterday one, I believe, right, and that was playoffs or provincials. Yeah, that was that was a playoff, playoff game. Playoff, that's what I thought. Yeah, so they're they're rolling, they're looking to hang another banner, and they're on the right track. Do you uh, again? We talked about this on the nooner, but you remember kind of this is the time of the year, right? Teams are in provincials, teams are in playoffs. Do you remember as a kid a lot watching uh, senior hockey out in Davidson? Oh yeah, absolutely. All the time. That was kind of the highlight for me and, and basically kind of the ultimate goal when you're, when you're younger, cause it's all, you know. Um, but yeah, it was, we, I would always go. I'd be so upset when we wouldn't go because you knew exactly what the playoffs were. I think, I don't know if they still do it, but it was like two game total points sometimes. So, you know, yeah, they don't do it anymore, score. but that's, yeah. Yeah. They used to be like that. <laughs> then I'd be running the horn down in the corner of the rink. So yeah, lots of good memories of senior <laughs> hockey. Right on, Braden McNabb, you're a Sasky gentleman. Totally uh, appreciate you hopping on the sports cage here today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I'm Blaine Wyland in the Harvard Media Sports Cage Studios with your sports ticker for Busy Bee Overhead Doors. Busy Bee will repair or replace a residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz, Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. CFL free agency negotiation period opened up on Sunday, and today we're learning of some possible deals that could be struck as soon as next week. The 
Reports are coming in that the Saskatchewan Roughriders will address their offensive line in free agency. According to multiple reports, they will sign offensive tackle Jamarcus Hardrick to a two-year deal that will make him the highest-paid American offensive lineman, actually the highest-paid offensive lineman, period, in the CFL. Another deal possible is the Ottawa Red Blacks signing linebacker Darius Pickett, formerly of the Toronto Argonauts. There's also reports that the Argos will release Pickett early from his deal, meaning that he can sign with the Red Blacks as soon as possible when he's granted that release. Two games in the NHL tonight. The Toronto Maple Leafs will take on the New York Islanders, and the Colorado Avalanche will take on the New York Rangers. The Quebec government announced today that they're going to be covering the entire cost for a new roof for Olympic Stadium, $870 million. Work will begin later on this year and will take place over the next four years. And the NFL Super Bowl week kicked off today. Roger Goodell held a press conference earlier this hour, and one of the big announcements he made is that the first game in Brazil will be featuring the Philadelphia Eagles, and it will take place on the Friday of week one. So that'll mean that'll be the day after the season kicks off, the Thursday after Labor Day. And that's a look at sports. Let's head ringside and check in with the oldest major junior hockey team in Canada. This is Pat Chats from your official voice of the Regina Pats, 620 CKRM. Welcome back inside the sports cage. It is Pat Chat time. The Regina Pats yesterday at the Brant Center. Shootout win over the Red Deer Rebels. As we talked about earlier, though, the Pats just can't gain enough ground. Still seven points back. But they got 19 games left in the season. As I said earlier, don't let this weather fool you. There is still a lot of hockey left. But the Pats are in tough. As for what they got coming up, tomorrow night, they're in Medicine Hat to take on the Tigers. And then Wednesday, they're at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. I still like to call it the... Canada Inns, Saddle Dome in Calgary. But then they're back home. The fellas are back home. They play Edmonton, Mad Hat, and Swift at home. So a chance to, I haven't seen Swift play yet. So that's Pat Chat. Uh, Rod Houck joining us. Blaine Wyland here. Um, we, we talked WHL earlier and, you know, how many games left and all that. Like, and I think it was at the, the start of the program. Like when you look, if 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 things started right now, Blades would play the Calgary Hitmen. PA Raiders one point back of the Hitmen for that last playoff. So I'd love to see PA in just because of Cliff Mapes, Curtis Hunt, Mike Sissons, all the guys up there doing such a great job. But that Saskatoon Prince Albert first round series would be greasy. It would. It would be. Kind of like Regina Moose Jaw, right? Yes. Same thing, right? Uh, there's been, I couldn't imagine, I, that rivalry I don't know as well because I haven't played there, but I definitely knew the Regina Moose Jaw one. And uh, yeah, th- those are always easy games to get up for and mm-hmm. the, it's easy for the fans to get back and forth and good times. So where it gets a little bit kinky is Moose Jaw would take on Lethbridge. That, I mean, you know, Moose Jaw's strong. Obviously they load it up, but... And then we'd have Medicine Hat and Brandon and then Red Deer Swift. Nothing's going to be easy in that first round for any of the teams in that Eastern Conference. We were just watching the um, TV here and Trey Living 
from the Toronto Maple Leafs. What was the, what was the banner at the bottom? What are they talking about? Oh, they're just saying if he would not, he was going to be going to the trade market heavily this year before the NHL trade deadline. Yeah, well, what, what can they do? Like they got so much tied up in in four players. I think it was when I did the cage a couple of months ago. I equated it to the to the guy that's got the you know, $100,000 vehicle and you're a kid and he's got the speakers from the brick and the big screen TV and all that, but they're four of them are renting a duplex. And it's like, well, you should have bought a house? Maybe like yeah. you're, just, you're running yourself thin on a couple of real, real uh, important things for you, I guess. But he was a Regina Pat, you were saying. Yeah, my second year in the Pats, my 20-year-old year, he was here for about, I think he played about 15, 16 games for us. Um, I don't recall him playing a lot, but he was a, a bigger defenseman and yeah, so I don't know. He probably doesn't remember us, but we all know him now. So. Yeah, well, especially his dad, right? Big, big Boston pizza guy. Um, when you played Pats, who who coached? My first year was uh, Doug Sauter, um, and that was yeah. Uh, Intense. Uh, he coached me my last year pro in, in Wheeling, West Virginia. We we ended up going to the league final against Toledo, seven game series. It was we lost unfortunately, but in uh, my second year was Dennis Sobchuk. Uh, he he started as GM and then got taken over by another gentleman. But we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> What's your favorite uh, solder story? Oh well, there's a few, but. Um, uh, well, actually, there was one time we were on the, we were in Wheeling, and we were in North Carolina, and we went into a golf shop because he's a big golfer. And is it Fuzzy Zeller that kind of looked yeah. like? Go the Walrus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the guy thought he was well, the Stadler. Wal- was the maybe it was Stadler. Stadler, yeah. Whoever the Walrus was, they thought it was the Walrus, and so he kind of just played along with it. So it was it was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like we we had him, uh, we had him on the Nooner there, and he had some fantastic. Fantastic, fantastic stories. All right, Blaine, flip your mic on here. Let's get into this CFL chatter here. You, you and Roddy were talking about it, talking about what the what the riders need, what they can do. Because right now is the legal. Tam- I wish they would just change the name to legal tampering. It's <laughs> uh, it's all good. So we got a handshake deal here between the riders and Jamarcus Hardrick from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, but. He can get scooped by, let's say, anybody else. Yeah, he can. I mean, it's one of those, you agree to, a, you know, it's a verbal commitment. It's really all it is. As good as your word right now. That's all it is right now. You can't put pen to paper right now. Um, but you can verbally agree to a deal at this point and then just wait till next Tuesday. Um, so teams and players can negotiate now. Until, well, they could start yesterday and they can keep going until Sunday morning at 11 o'clock Saskatchewan time. So, yeah, there could be a lot of these agreements. They can walk it back. It doesn't happen too often. And on the NFL, they do this. It's only three days in the NFL. I remember Frank Gore agreed to a deal with Philadelphia, and he later walked away from that deal. So, But it doesn't happen too often that when you agree that they walk away. But it does happen on occasion. But it's all signs indicating in terms of the deals that were signed like that we've been hearing today. Then you were talking. We started talking about quarterbacking and you know who they who they signed and um, but it all starts with the offensive line, right? It doesn't it doesn't really matter where you're playing football, who you're playing football with. It's it's the off it's the offensive line. What what else is out there in free agency when it comes to offensive line? 
Uh, it's slim pickings. Like that's why I think we've seen the Rough Riders, you know, look to guys like Logan Furlan and Philip Lake. Now they got Canadians in there as well with Hardrick as well. So it looks like they got four fifths of the old line already in place. So it remains to be seen what they're going to do with left tackle. That and some people say that's the biggest position at the offensive line as well. But uh, it seems like they got the majority of the old line solidified now. As a fan, Roddy, what what are you, what are you thinking? What are you right now? You know, what are they? What are you hoping for? Well, hoping for a win after Labor Day would be good. <laughs> we haven't had one of those in two years. Um, but again, I think the, we talked about the offensive line uh, with Trevor Harris coming back after the injury he had last year. We got to keep him. We got to protect him and keep him in the pocket and uh, keep him from being sacked too too many times. And uh, if he's healthy, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll get a few more wins than we did last year. It's man, talk about pins and needles as as rider fans and casual or or hardcore it's like you know it's just like when a player gets injured in hockey like my son right he injured last three weeks here he's off coming back this week it's like and that's you know rider fans it's how how we live and, and how it is and let's hope the health is there if you're just tuning in the sports cage today and you're a hockey fan in that Winyard area. Oh, mama. Do we have a good one for you tonight? Game three in Winyard between the Raymore Rockets, the Winyard Monarchs. Raymore with, a, I guess, a somewhat of an upset win yesterday to force this game three. Roddy, 8.30 p.m. puck drop. After playing last... So last night, I think the game would have been done probably around you know 6 o'clock. It was a late afternoon tilt. Yeah, but I think it was a 5 o'clock start. So 5, yeah. Yeah, so 8.30 by the time you shower up and have a root beer or two <laughs> and then uh, get back on the road. Yeah, they're probably home 10, 10.30. It's going to be rocking in there, though. I was just I was just looking up. I actually sent a message here to see and it doesn't it doesn't sound like there's any any streams to watch that game. So if you're in that area and those towns separated by 64 kilometers I think it is. Oh, the rivalry is hot. It's going to be awesome. So go and watch that third and deciding game in Winyard tonight. Um Braden McNabb joined us and tomorrow's Tomorrow's the day the Golden Knights back at it and they host the Edmonton Oilers. It's almost I feel like we were in the same spot last year. Obviously they didn't go with the the amount of wins, but the Edmonton Oilers have a chance to tie the 92-93 Pittsburgh Penguins tomorrow for 17 wins in a row. And wasn't it last year Blaine Rod correct me if I'm wrong that they went on an absolute heater last year as well after losing some games. Like to be an Oiler fan, you have to be strong. You gotta emotionally strong. Oh, for sure. It almost it's like being a writer fan, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they've got their ebbs and flows, and uh when they're struggling, it usually stems around their goaltending not being very good but when uh, Skinner's playing the way he is and they get some scoring from guys besides uh, McDavid and, and Dreisaitl what were they saying it was some of their second line guys third line guys that were had more five on five point goals than McDavid and Dreisaitl did so when you're getting contributions like that throughout your lineup and you're getting Skinner standing on his head you can you're gonna ride the wave now so ebbs and flows but again you don't want to peak too too soon because playoffs for the NHL when do they start 
like May. It's a long ways away yet. It, so it, it is. It is a long way. I was, when I was talking to Brett Kissel about the Oilers last week and how gravy that Corey Perry signing is for them, like it, it, as soon as all that went down. And Perry, you know, went and did his thing and and, and uh, into rehab and, and came out. It, it, you knew, you knew that the Oilers were going to be the team that he was going to. Very similar to Evander Kane, but I, I think that signing as an Oiler fan, that could be. And I, and I uh, I'm not an Oiler fan, by the way. That could be what you need because that first round is going to be greasy, and. They're going to focus on Drysaddle and McDavid, and they're going to beat the snot out of them. And then you just don't have anything left. It's just it's just so hard. And if you're not deep enough. But then again, you know, Hyman's playing out of this world this year. Nugent Hopkins has been good for them the last couple of years. Yeah. Really good. So, yeah. Skinner. in that, Well, you know, trade deadline. I don't know. Do they maybe try and add? Is there going to be anybody available to... Like Jake Allen maybe in Montreal. There's a veteran that <laughs> Montreal's got some good young goaltending. Uh, supposedly they got a guy in, in the college ranks that's supposed to be unbelievable. Um, so maybe a guy like Jake Allen would be a, a good addition to Edmonton. He's a veteran guy that has been around, never really been, I'd say, a true number one guy in the NHL, but yeah. a very good, capable uh, number two for sure. As, as a goalie, been around played a lot of pro hockey and whatnot. Is it that that older veteran presence in net, or do you roll the dice and you and you just sign that guy and then maybe he gets a game and it's like, who the heck is Aiden Hill? And <laughs> what's going on? Because I was heavy, heavy on the Las Vegas Golden Knights last year. And then um, when their starter named uh, escapes me right now. Robin Leonard. Leonard. Yeah. Goes down. And I'm like, oh. And then it's like Aiden Hill. And I'm like, where do I remember this guy from? And then he was unbelievable. And you see it, you know, with, with goaltenders all the time. But, yeah, I think a, a, ve- a goalie with veteran presence, if they can pull that deal. Yeah, I'm not sure what kind of cap space they have. And I'm not even sure what a guy like Allen's contract would be. But Marc-Andre Fleury's name's been kicking around, too. Now, yeah, I don't know. He does he have game left? Uh, oh, I think he. I think he has game left. That'd be a, that'd be a great guy. But it was like you know last year when was it the Rangers signed Jonathan Quick? You know, veteran guy can can do some things, and you know he, he never ended up you know playing much and all that. But yeah, if the Oilers could could land somebody, and I'm really curious on the on the trade deadline for them, <laughs> Toronto. Again, I don't know cap space, what they would move. All that's going to be going to be really interesting. Just the two games in the NHL tonight, things really start firing back up tomorrow night. Triple um, A midget back to the back to the Pat C's. When are they back in action? Uh, we got Yorkton at home tomorrow night, and Yorkton's in a, in a struggling this year. Yeah, they're they're struggling. I, I believe they made a coaching change here as well. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they're they're struggling. Um, and then we have th- Thursday night we go to Moose Jaw, and then I believe Saturday we're back home again. Um, I'm not sure who that one's against, but uh, we are. I, um, oh, we're here home to Esteban here on that that hockey in in the playoffs. If you get a chance to go watch a U18 AAA game, or like I've I've said this before, a U18 female AAA game. 
Like, it is an absolute eye-opener on how good this hockey is, females or males. But but to the males, and you get a chance to watch it down at closer to ice level, right? Because you, you, you do, and if you're playing in C6 or whatever, or watching the game in C6, these kids are flying. Oh, it's 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 good hockey, and it's funny you talk about the girls. Tuesdays are my busy days after after my regular job. I come down to I work with U of R goalies for a half hour, and then I run over to the other rink and work with the Rebel, the U eighteen yeah. for for an hour and a half. And uh, uh, the skill of the of, of the girls is unbelievable. I have two nieces that play for the U of R uh, ladies team, and they're they're good hockey players. Like they've come the female games come a long way. Um, the it, big. Oh yes, very big and strong and and gritty. You know, um, the AAA, like you said, for the for the for the boys and the girls, it's it's good. It's good uh, good hockey. Mike Merck's done a good job with the AAA girls. They're number one, I think, in the league as well. <clears throat> they were silver medalists or bronze medalists in all of Canada last year. Yeah. Um, and the Seas, hopefully, we can get on a run. And uh, we were one game away last year from going to the regionals, and those darn Saskatoon Blazers beat us in Game Five. So was was last year the year that the Seas and or what year was it the when the the kids started going crazy and the glass popped out? And yeah, that was game. last year. Yeah, the game, Did you see that, Blaine? It was so. How how did it work again? You guys were you guys were up in the series. You, you had all the momentum. Something happened, and the kids were just going crazy on the glass in C six. The glass pops out, so they have to pause the game. They send the teams, you know, to the dressing room. They put the glass back in. Did they flood? Yeah, I think they flooded too. But it, it was a long break. All I know was a long break, and I think that was in the final i think it was against the the blazers and that was a, a weird series like the first four games the road team won every game so we're going back for game five of, of a five game series in saskatoon thinking wow the road teams won every game and unfortunately uh it wasn't in the cards for us but yeah they they really turned it up yeah it was it was a game. good series um uh kudos to them uh they deserved to win and uh we were close yeah no i and i i can't i can't wait to watch uh some of that that playoff hockey be really interesting to see if uh you know i think maddox schultz though speaking of, of him and the the pat blues coached by rob montaigne mm-hmm. um they have a good they have a really good squad here to make a run in the for bantam double a provincials we're talking about if the young phenom uh maddox schultz would play for the pat C's. um elsewhere again back at it tomorrow like we talked the regina pats are in Medicine Hat. That game is on 620 CKRM. Coming up on the Sports Cage tomorrow, we're going to talk about these prop bets and what's going on Super Bowl. Some of the crazy things that you can start sprinkling on when it comes to the Super Bowl. Will you watch it? Are you got No, I'll be watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you like? Uh, you know what? I think Mahomes is going to win. I just think he's a he's a gamer. Um, he can. Uh, he seems to. This I think was his first playoff one on the road. This last one was it not? I believe. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he. I don't know. He. Uh, I, I'm not. I don't like some of his antics sometimes. <laughs> the way he works the officials, but hey, he wins. So. I uh, yeah. I'm just annoyed of the Chiefs, just like people used to be annoyed of the Patriots, and I, I get it. I'm I'm rooting for the 49ers. I probably would too, but if I was betting, I'd bet on the Chiefs. Yeah, see, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet with how I root, so I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna go heavy, and they're still the favorites, right? 49ers. Yeah, last I checked, it was two and a half points that they were up. That's crazy. Like the Chiefs should be 
the favor. I'm curious to see if that line moves much before the weekend. But we're going to talk about that tomorrow. We're also going to talk Junior A slash Major Junior Hockey and the rumor that Major Junior players are going to be allowed to play NCAA hockey coming up as early as this summer. Could change, could change things like a ton. For sure, especially in the Junior A levels. It could affect the CIS hockey too in, in Canada. Mm. Um, yeah. And that's, that's another league, you know, the CIS and I have a son playing there and I played there. It sometimes, it doesn't get the uh, glamour that it should, yeah. but you watch, the Cougars now are done after this weekend coming up. They're in Calgary. They didn't make the playoffs this year, but I want to put a plug out for the University CIS Hockey. Um, next year, if people have a time to go out and watch one or two games, you'll be surprised at the quality of hockey. It is yeah. good hockey. Uh, a lot of ex-junior college players, I mean, ex-junior players playing college that are just yeah. bigger, stronger, faster. And uh, No, it's, uh, it, it's, it's really good. And the female. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah, both. Both men's and women's. Like, for the basketball programs, are, are doing great you know the Rams have, have had good years uh, the basketball program is kind of the show in town that's all yeah. there is but for hockey the, the Cougar hockey men's and women's program are always fighting against the Pats right like yeah. it's not for, like it's just for um, some some showtime right yeah. but uh, well now now everybody's tonight everyone's fighting against the Winyard Monarchs that's right. and the Raymore Rockets as they go out at game three in Winyard in their provincial A senior hockey uh, series so that's it for me Rob Todd Houck, thanks so much for hopping in today and, and joining us. Me. I had a lot of fun. It's nice to be inside the control yeah. room and see how this all works. So. Uh, is it better than teaching calculus, maybe? that. Uh, well, <laughs> not as exciting, but it was exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Blaine, thanks so much. Barney Schenkerich, we'll talk to you again tomorrow on the Sports Cage.